The primary election is almost here. Vote centers will be open May 7th from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Make your vote count. Visit vote.indy.gov for more information. This message was paid for by the Marion County Election Board. Yeah, we wake up today. If you're a Colts fan, you got to see a glimpse into the future, which is what we all wanted to see. And hey, it is a Friday and we got you here on the wake up call on the fan as we're broadcasting live from the drivehubler.com studios. I'm Andy Sweeney. He's Kevin Bowen. Mark Dykton is here. He's looking great today. He's feeling great. He's producing today's effort. Fellas, a very happy morning as finally we got even more of a glimpse into the world of Anthony Richardson. The Colts last night came to play at times, uh, and that was a good thing to see. KB, good morning. You're looking good. You had an article go up last night. Look at you. Refresh for a Friday. Two articles up on the website. <laughs> Two if I can articles throw up on the website. Plug, it's 7.01 in the morning. Yeah, my final roster cut prediction as we do look ahead to Tuesday at 4 o'clock and then five takeaways from last night. Good Friday morning to you and all of our listeners out there. Uh, yeah, I, I think a, a glimpse into the future is a great way to put it. Andy, I have said this to our listeners a lot over the last few months. I don't think I've said it to you, so I guess it counts as somewhat original. Uh, last year, the Colts were bad, they were boring, and they were old at quarterback. <laughs> this year, they might be bad, but they will not be boring at quarterback, and they are certainly not old. My like biggest thing from watching last night, In the history of the NFL, I don't know if there's a team that's ever had two different style quarterbacks to the degree the Colts have had (laughs) from Matt Ryan to Anthony Richardson. Like It is incredible watching, again, just the stationary quarterback play the Colts got last year from Matt Ryan. Or You're being nice, by the way. Nick old, Foles. old and broken down was more the way I was going. Yeah. But stationary old, old, is a very nice yeah. way to say it. Old and boring. <laughs> um, but certainly, um, the Richardson stat line from last night, if you wake up, if you fell asleep in the whatever, the end of the first quarter, you're going to look at the box score and be like, wait, what? You know, six of 17, and that obviously does not jump off the page at all. But if you watch him play the game, he has the ability to turn negatives into positives. He has the ability to extend lay, extend plays. Yes, he's going to have to hit a few more of those singles just to keep things on track. But I think last night was a glimpse into what the intrigue is all about and the modern style that he brings to the position. Yeah, KB, my thing was watching that game, and you're right, listen, the stats are the stats, and I know that could be the name of the hour here, the stats are the stats, so let's move that aside. You know, I thought right off the bat here, I I, I thought that everyone has been saying Well, you're going to get some good and you're going to get some bad, right? For every couple plays that you get where Anthony Richardson is really good, you're going to get some plays where Anthony Richardson is bad or he's so-so or whatever it may be. And I thought you had that last night, did you not? You had some good plays, you had some good passes, you had some dimes, you had some runs, and you also probably had, what, three? You had a fumble, you had a fumble that got away with, and you probably had two or three passes that maybe a number one or two quarter Obviously, Philly didn't play their starters last night, uh, may intercept. So, I, I mean, I think we all were kind of ready for that. But for me, you know, the Buffalo game, what came from the Buffalo game was the pass over the middle and this narrative, whether how much you love this narrative or not, was, well, he threw an interception, but he came back and he showed poise and everything else. And then he doesn't play 
in preseason game two. And it's, you know, the Bears practices, while they're good for the team and they're good for the coaching staff and Anthony Richardson, they're not good for the fans because a few thousand fans saw them out there, but it's not on TV, right? It's not on Amazon, NFL Network, locally. It's not on the radio here on the fan. Uh, And so for me, you know, last night was the first time, really, was it not, was the first time that Colts fans got to see a glimpse into the future. Some of the things, not all of the things, definitely not perfect, but some of the things that you have wanted to see, uh, garnering some of that excitement. And then, of course, Jonathan Taylor was, I mean, I didn't see him on any of the broadcasts last night. I had to watch the Amazon because I'm blacked out on Apple TV where I'm at in the Airbnb, Roku. That's an entirely different thing. Um, And then we can get, if JT was there, what would this offense look like? I know you have roster cuts we want to get to, but for me, it was the first time as we get into the beginning of the season and have these few days of a break before week number one where we kind of got it with Buffalo, but not very much, and then it felt like it had been so long before we got to see Anthony Richard pl- uh, Richardson play in a real game, and we saw that last night, and that's a good thing for Colts fans. Move aside some of the stats. He's not a stationary, boring quarterback. He's flapping as he's flapping as uh, the eagle, yeah, fly <laughs> the, eagle wings, uh-huh. the eagle wings, the eagle wings in a preseason game. And so I thought, listen, there's there's some bad you can take away for sure. There's some things you can question, but overall, the Colts wanted to play that game differently than the Eagles, and they did. Uh, and I thought it was just a nice glimpse into what this offense can be. It may not always be the best, but it ain't going to be boring. Yeah, it, you know when you look at last night, obviously you got Nelson had those two early penalties. It was a pretty bad opening series. Richardson misses the easy throw on second down. And then again, how do you bounce back? And that's why I like the game settings. You know, Buffalo, he throws the early interception, and you can't just move on to the next. Oh, yeah, uh, red zone period is next. There's yeah, seven on seven, yeah. For your actions. And so they get way behind the chains, and they go three and out to start that game. And then what does he do? He leads, you know, a couple scoring, a couple touchdown drives that go over 50 yards each, and then a field goal drive there. Um, his final two series of work, he was 0 of 6 on those two series, which they were you know, kind of drilling some two-minute situations. Again, those are areas you would like to clean up. But I just go back to the leg threat, Andy. It, it is, yeah. It's so foreign, I think, to this fan base to see it. And yes, there's a balance with it, unquestionably. And there's going to be a lot of gray area in trying to divide that up. And okay, how much should he run? When should he run? All of those things. But there was a play last night on that field goal drive that they got where Philadelphia had a free rusher. And I mean, right in the face of Anthony Richardson. And it's low-hanging fruit to compare it, but it's the recency season that we have to go off of. If that is last season, it is a sack. There's probably a chance it's a fumble with how last season went. And on a third and long, you're now on like fringe field goal range. And then what does Richardson do? He escapes. He keeps the play alive. He ends up scrambling. So instead of a whatever, eight-yard sack, he scrambles for like five or six. And now, in the regular season, you have options. You could maybe even go for it in that sense, or you have a much more manageable field goal situation. So right there, with his legs, it's the ability to turn negative into somewhat positive, and now you have a much better chance at scoring three points. And those are things, Andy, that you're not going to see 13 of 29 for 150 yards or whatever his preseason numbers are. Like That's the stuff that doesn't show up in the box score. Um, this is 
They're hidden yards almost. Hidden yards is yeah. a great way to put it. And this is a play that I apologize for even bringing up, but it's <laughs> okay. arguably the last kind of big highlight Andrew Luck had as a quarterback. The Colts and the Titans were in the season finale in 2018. It was you had to win to get in. It was the Sunday night flex mm-hmm. game. Oh, yeah, I remember. Nashville. Yep. And on the opening series for the Colts, they drive down there. They get into a third and, I think it was a third and goal from the nine. And it was kind of similar to that play I just described from last night. The Titans get pressure in Luck's face. And what does he do? He spins out. Now, Richardson spun to kind of his strong side, rolling to his right. Luck spun left on that play. He found Dontrell Inman in the back of the end zone for an 11-yard touchdown. Again, in the box score, it reads as, One completion, 11 yards, third down conversion. Obviously, it's a touchdown, but you have to watch the play to know that not every quarterback can make that play. And that was what happened there. In the box score last night, you see... By the way, I was unsure why Matt Gay didn't kick last night. I was like, "Isn't this the dude that?" <laughs> yeah, I was actually wondering that myself. <laughs> I, I had that. Well, I had that written down that we might get to later. I didn't. I didn't want to lead with kicker talk. Yeah, I, on yeah. a Friday well, after he, Anthony Richardson plays, you know, thirty three snaps. Money, so maybe it's fair to lead with it. Um, Lucas Haversick from forty one yards. It, it just shows up as that in the box score. Lucas Haversick forty one yard field goal. Good. Colts up seventeen ten. But in reality. That's a play that not a lot of quarterbacks can make in that moment. So uh, that those are the things that I think you watched last night, and that's what you um, take away from that. We'll certainly get to, again, some of the roster cut stuff. And, boy, my, my hand is raised, and I apologize because, boy, were, were the Twitter mentions uh, <laughs> rampant early in the third quarter when Danny Pinter got carted off the field. Um, Do we know how bad that is? It, it, it's an ankle injury, and you know what? But, I, but it's questionable to return, so that almost slow plays yeah, it, it like, it, like qu- he's not like it's not bad. They just didn't want him to walk off the field. Yeah, it was questionable originally, then they yeah. ru- ruled him out. I, I almost felt bad because, like, yes, I brought up Danny Pinter as a possible injury in last night's game, but like, there's like a human element to me of like everyone's like borderline like kind of joking about it last night. I'm like. This is Danny Pinter, who is, you saw it with the teammates coming on the field. Oh, he contract here and everything else. Contract, yeah. He is one of the most respected teammates in that locker room. I'm like, guys, I, I wish I had, well, I wish I didn't have that power, but I was like, hey, uh, if my betting could look anything like that, I'd be in a far better state. So thoughts of Danny Pinter today, because again, from a roster cut standpoint, that is potentially very impactful. Uh, again, in a contract year, the Ball State products, uh, I think his brother's a firefighter up in Hamilton County, so I know kind of a lot of feel-good nature. Never heard a bad thing about him, so you hope it's not a broken ankle or something to that effect, because we talk about offensive line depth, and we can get into this a little bit later in the show, Andy. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. Um, it is an inexperienced. Well, I, do, I do just want to play this real quick, just so we have it on record. 2020 draft. Danny Pinter tears his ACL tonight. <laughs> there you go. Use Pinter. Um, what, what? Uh, Kevin. Look that at, was all my mentions at, yesterday. Look, look at Mark. Look at you them. right now. I, I know, and I'm like a guy. A guy I, I, I wish, and I don't wish I had that power, but. Uh, more than anything, I just felt awful for the guy because, you know, anytime you see the, be- the bench kind of empty like that, uh, it's never a good thing. And, um, you know, know somebody that coached Danny Pinter in college, I mean, just raves about the kid. So hopefully it's not too serious as he is in a very critical season for his NFL future. Uh, Greg Rakestraw going to join us still. He's going to join us uh, coming up at 8 o'clock. Before we take a break, do we want to hear quickly from Steichen? Steichen on Anthony Richardson, who played the entire half there in Philly. Here's what the head coach had to say. Um, shoot, I thought he did a solid job. You know, we scored three out of the first four drives, which is good. You know, the two-minute drive wasn't what we wanted. Um, but... 
we'll go back, look at the tape. I, I thought he did some really good things and, you know, some things we got to clean up as well. I know we're up against the break, but I just, you know, for me, getting to see them actually play and kind of let their hair down uh, was something I was looking forward to see because I yeah. didn't feel like that was the case in Buffalo and then what happened in Chicago, obviously. Uh, Jonathan Taylor stuff. We have the five-word headline that my man Mark put on Twitter last night. I have a question as it pertains uh, to Jonathan Taylor that I want to get to, and then I got to look at your article and Stephen Holder and put them up next to each other. Have you looked at Holder's? Yeah, he put his uh, 53-man cut up last night. You put yours up last night. So we have a lot to do over the next three hours. That is Tuesday at 4. Chris Ballard uh, tentatively scheduled to meet the media some point Wednesday of next week. So I assume that will have a lot of attention on it. A couple quick things I'll throw in there that we can get to. Um, throughout today's show. I thought the tight end group had some moments last night that you like to see. Again, that position group is totally up in the air for me. Um, and then corner-wise, uh, I'd say one of the disappointments from this offseason, and a lot of it has been health-related, you drafted three corners, the first two guys, Juju Brents, the local product, and Darius Rush. They just can't get on the field. And Brents did not play last night. So, you know, the expectation when they were drafted was, boy, there's a chance for these guys to play and play a lot early. Uh, Playing early is not going to happen. We'll we'll see, obviously, as the season moves along, how that uh, goes. But Dallas Flowers and Daryl Baker Jr. played a lot last night. Those are going to be your corners, uh, along with Kenny Moore here early. And then last, last thing for me, Andy, you saw it last night. Six series, I believe, for the starting offense. The defense, they started to sub after like four or five series. If you add all it up through the three preseason games, your starting offense, your starting defense, they were on the field for 15 series. That's a decent number. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately... The opponent didn't play their starters a single time. <laughs> I know. Which yeah. you know, part of no, it is a it has four-win to be football said. No, team it has to be with, said. with yeah. the new. But I think we just need to throw in that caveat of like, unfortunately, we're going to talk about the starting units for the Colts. But whether it was Buffalo week one or Philadelphia last night, it was always backups. The Colts viewed that game much differently sure. than Philadelphia Which, again, did. Is There's totally no doubt. Understandable. Hundred percent. Given how those two teams finished last season and their outlooks here for 2023. He is Andy Sweeney. I am Kevin Bowen. And Mark Dykton with us. I think a slight reprieve, maybe weather-wise, starts tomorrow. Uh, we'll continue to monitor kind of high school football. I don't think as many games were pushed into the 7 8 o'clock slots as maybe we thought originally uh, earlier this week. We'll talk with Greg Rakeshaw more about that when he joins us coming up at 8 o'clock. Good Friday morning to you. It is the wake-up call with KB and Andy here on 93.5, 107.5 The Fan. The Morning Checkdown. On 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. All right, your morning check down. Reminder, Rake Straw going to join us coming up at 8 o'clock. I know he was uh, deep into articles and everything last night, but did Kevin Bowen, did he miss his uh, Cincinnati Reds? I almost said your Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, That's not the case. Uh, The Reds losers last night, 3-2. A Corbin Carroll, whoever that is, two-run home run was the winner. And a fly ball to right. Gonna play the audio. pretty well. Bang of the warning track at the wall. It's gone. Carroll did it. A two-run shot. And he's given the Diamondbacks a lead 3-2. to two. His first home run since July 23rd. 99 bats ago. And Carroll hits his 22nd of the year. 
it's are you one of the things. Being a Reds fan, are you gonna abandon following this team? Don't whammy of audio. I'm Courtesy like, of KMVP. I'm like finally winding down. I'm like, all right, Shane Sy compressor, just watched. Okay, turn on the Reds. You know, they hit, or uh, I should say, they took the lead in the top of that inning. It was one nil. It was zero zero going to the seventh. Then they get down one. They Nick Senzel pinch hit homer. They go up two one. They're up two one bottom of the eighth, and then bullpen does bullpen type things there. Uh, so yes, the Diamondbacks back in the wild card spot again. It is a massive series this week. Then San Francisco, then the Cubs for the Reds right now. Cubs win yesterday, so they continue to hold their wild card spot. Indianapolis Indians sounded like a pretty exciting game over there. 10-9 winners. It was a walk-off, Cubs. right? Walk-off action. How about that? Uh, Fever got a W last night. Big night for Kelsey Mitchell. They beat Seattle, so they're home here for the next couple of games. Uh, we've got a gateway race for the IndyCar coming up. Um I was looking on the board for when our coverage is. I think it's Sunday afternoon, 3.30, believe is the start time for that one. Final oval of the year. Joseph Newgarden, we know, has dominated ovals this year and even late last year. So we'll see if he can continue that. Uh, in high school football scene, week two, we've got Cathedral and Brownsburg on our airwaves. Greg Gregstraw, we'll chat more about that coming up in a bit. Steelers 24-0 over the Fal- uh, over the Falcons. You know, this one was interesting. I don't know how much you watch this. The Steelers played a lot more starters than Atlanta did last night, and it showed 24-0 there. Kenny Pickett had, a, what, I believe two series, 86 yards, 4-4. Four four. Are you a Kenny Pickett believer, KB? I, I am probably a little bit more of a Pickett guy than most, but I'm also more of a Steelers guy than most, I think. What does that mean? I feel like people just don't give the Steelers enough credit for continuing to be there. Like, okay. they're always there. Well, that's because people hate the Steelers. Well, yeah. But you, you know what I mean? You're supposed to hate the Steelers in Indianapolis. I'm stunned by what you're saying right now. Yeah, I mean, Antonio Brown humping the goalpost <laughs> was certainly not a not a great scene for Colts fans back a decade ago. But That's what Antonio Brown does. You know, is Pickett going to make this second-year jump? We see so many quarterbacks do it. Is he the next in line? Obviously, that will be a big storyline because they're one of those teams. You know, they fall in the boat with Cleveland and the Patriots and the Jets and the, you know, the those fringe playoff teams from last year. Do any of them make a jump? Uh, this might be totally selfish of me, Andy, but I'm going to give a shout-out to Adam Shank. I'm not sure if any of our audience knows who Adam Shank okay. is. He's the pride of Vincennes, a South Knox high school product, a diehard Purdue basketball fan. I should say a Purdue product as well. He is currently fifth in the PGA Tours Tour Championship here, heading into round two. Fifth place, he shot 63 yesterday. Fifth place would be a cool $3 million payday for Adam Shank. He's already made over $4 million this season. He's a great dude. Right, good for him. him. His first kid into the world this year. You look at the leaderboard, there's one name that sticks out. Is like, wait, who? And it's Adam Shank. So shout out to uh, an impressive round one for him. We'll see if he can continue it. Uh, and a nice payday, no matter what happens, coming his way. Last thing for me, Cardinals uh, did trade. I-, I don't know if you know this. I want to do a segment, who's the worst team in the NFL every week, and I think it's going to be your Arizona Cardinals. Uh, and I don't know why I called them your Arizona Cardinals, just the Arizona Cardinals. They traded for Josh Dobbs from Cleveland. And there is the thought that Josh Dobbs is going to be their game one starter. <laughs> and the, I, I followed a writer who's like, Colt McCoy's either going to make this roster or he's going to be the starter week one. They move, they get Josh Dobbs. The thought is he could start week one. So we're getting week one Colt McCoy and Sam Howe? Or is Jacoby Brissett still in competition in Washington? Uh, no, it's, it's going to be Sam Howe. It's going to be Sam Howe? Yes, it's going to be Sam Howe. 
That's all we need to say about that. You're looking down. There's nothing to say. No. Sam Howell, week one. He played pretty good in the preseason. He was all right. No, he, he, he certainly right. had He's right. some moments. Again, uh, Greg Rayshaw coming up top of the hour on the other side. Certainly we'll get into Anthony Richardson and his night. You know, There is, again, a question out there of how much can you sustain that leg ability? What else does he need to show to prove that consistently you can win with him week in and week out? We'll look at the preseason starting work for the Colts and then, again, the ramifications of that Danny Pinter injury from last night. Good Friday morning to you. It is still muggy. Sounds like that will end a little bit later. But on the other side, we'll get more into Richardson from last night. Take your insight and calls as well. 317-239-1070. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. If you want to join the conversation. KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Yeah, it's a Friday. Thanks for waking up with us. Andy Sweeney, Kevin Bowen, Mark Dykton hanging out with you until 10 uh, 10 o'clock. Greg Rakestraw will join us uh, in the 8 o'clock hour. Cannot wait uh, to talk with him. Uh, I had met him years ago. Saw him in the elevator the other day. We had a eight-second conversation as he was writing to, to, to probably record something or do something, but he's a very he's busy man. Doing something. He was in the studio till probably 2 a.m. last well, night. Well, I know. I didn't think he was going to be able uh, to join us today, so we're very thankful. He's a warrior. Uh, that's what he is. He's a sports talk radio warrior, so we appreciate him. Uh, we have the five-word headline. We're going to do that later on in the show, and then as well, around 8.30 or so, I want to look at Stephen Holder of ESPN uh, and Kevin Bowen right here of The Fan and see where you guys differ. Now, I'm just doing a quick look here, and it looks like offensive line, you got a guy or two. So uh, everything else looks about the way it needs to look. You would hold her in lockstep, but right now I'm looking at offensive line, and so we shall see what happens there. Uh, I want to ask you guys this. Did you see two things? Did you see, or I guess three things as we look at the Jonathan Taylor stuff? And again, 239-1070 if you want to get in on any of the action as we talk about the Colts, Anthony Richardson, the starters playing a half. I was Disappointed in Josh Downs dropping that pass yeah, last that night, was a great, which we you know, can get to. That was an that, on, on target yeah, ball. And it, honestly, that's the first ball I've seen Josh Downs drop since he became a Colt. I thought it was a bad pass because I'm like, Downs ain't going to miss that, but he did. Yeah. So we can dive into that as well. Uh, one thing that I just wanted to throw out there with the Jonathan Taylor stuff, or just a few things. Uh, was Jonathan Taylor there last night? Uh, I mean, I did not see anywhere on the broadcast where they did you know, the picture on Jonathan Taylor for two minutes. I mean, he's one of the biggest stories right now in the NFL when you're doing an Eagles and Colts game uh, he is the biggest story and then there was a small part of me uh, that was watching last night and you know obviously we led today KB with the conversation
conversation around Anthony Richardson, his elusiveness, uh, not being sacked, making something out of nothing. Uh, and I didn't think we saw, I, I thought at times last night we saw uh, them get pass happy, you know, maybe not wanting to see him get hit in the in the regular season against Jacksonville game one. Uh, that might be a lot different, but I did kind of think, and I'm sure Colts fans out there were dreaming, you had to just a little bit. What if JT is in this offense, right? And we've been doing that, and we've been saying that all offseason, but we really haven't seen Steichen kind of open the playbook up and, and, and you know kind of get a lot from Anthony Richardson. And so he's kind of fantasizing last night, okay, here's a little bit more of what AR can do. Add Jonathan Taylor to that, and suddenly you have an offense that's really good, but obviously we know what that story may look like over the next couple days. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor, and shout out to Nate Atkins, who again, boots on the ground in Philadelphia for this. He was in the building. Uh, Nate, I believe, said that he was First one to shower and head to the bus after the game. So, um, Amazon. Do you need to shower there? Yeah, I was going to. Well, it was probably hot standing on the sidelines. Uh, I don't don't even know if you sweat a lot more. Say it again. You sweat a lot more in the hoodie. Yeah, when, yeah, you, sure, when you're wearing man. workout gear in the middle of summer, cutting weight to make you know a wrestling class here. Uh, Amazon never found him. To your point. At least I didn't. I, I never saw them show him. Uh, they showed Jason Kelsey and Chris Bauer a whole lot, but never saw uh, Jonathan Taylor there. Um, so I don't know exactly where he was in game. I I think the latest. Well, let's start here. To the point you just brought up, I wrote that last night on 1075thefan.com. Whether it was the Buffalo game, whether it was yesterday, and I even go back to the preseason practices, the Colts run a very college-looking offense. Amazon threw up the stats last night of how much Anthony Richardson was in the shotgun at Florida. You're going to see him in the shotgun a ton. The Colts use the up-tempo, no-huddle stuff. They did that so much in training camp. I'm almost surprised they've, they've shown as much as they have here in the preseason games. Basically, you get a very different-looking rushing offense than what we're used to. Probably what Jonathan Taylor is used to from his days at Wisconsin and his early years in the NFL. But when I see, whether it's Evan Hall or Deion Jackson, I see lanes. And I see guys getting what's blocked. I don't see guys getting what could possibly be there with right. an elite it, runner. If like, there's four yards, they get four yards. Yeah, right. And, That's and, fair. And I, again, I'm seeing creases, and Richardson certainly impacts that without question. The presence of him, it freezes the defense, it forces a defender or multiple defenders to think about him with the ball. So yes, to your point, Andy, I could not agree more. I have thought about what would a home run hitter look like next to Richardson and not just a guy. And, and that's what the Colts have right now at running back. On the Taylor trade update. Barry Jackson, who covers the Dolphins and has done it for over three decades for the Miami Herald, he's been on this story a lot from the Miami side of it. Um, he reported last night that, um, again, Miami has made an offer and that currently the other teams potentially interested in Taylor, uh, the Denver Broncos and the Chicago Bears, uh, he added that Told one you, Mark. other team has made a serious offer to acquire Taylor. Um, you know, from a Bears standpoint, again, the Matt Eberflus connection is there. I think a little bit of surprise comes from the, you know, you let David Montgomery, like, you know, how much have they valued running back? Denver, we've brought this up before. I mean, you would think Sean Payton and Russell Wilson view this as, let's go, right away. I mean, we, we're in a loaded division. We've got to do something here. Um, so thoughts, Bears, Broncos related. Still give up that Panthers pick for the Bears. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, you want to get Jonathan Taylor? Go ahead. 
Keep that Panthers pick with yourself. I, I mean, I, I said Chicago at the very so beginning Chicago's just because the, first, right? Do they have anything else, Mark? Yeah, they just have Let something to up. prove, right? I mean, Chicago, they, they, they make sense because they have something to prove, whether it be the organization, the head coach, the general manager, and obviously Justin Fields, and you have a chance to get a guy. Let me ask you this. Real quick, the Bears have two firsts next year, a second, a third, two fourths, I mean, there a it fifth, is. and a sixth. Yeah, so they got yeah. plenty of ammo. I, I mean, when you talk about it, yeah, having those fourth picks, if you want to even swing the deal there, I mean, that's something to talk about. When we come in here on Monday at 7 a.m., Will Jonathan Taylor be a cult? Be a cult and want to be a cult, I think, are two different things. But will, will, yeah, he, will he be I, here? I, you know, deadlines spur action. I'm such a believer of that. So I. It's a it's, great question. It's I, a I, difficult one. Yeah, yeah, I have no idea. I, I still think just because you might get to four o'clock, I will say he is still a cult. But again, I don't say that with a lot of confidence. I just want to answer the question so it doesn't seem like I'm <laughs> running away from it. But is there an element? And. Of this, Sandy, can the situation play out as is here in 2023? And by that, I mean this. Can you have this relationship be that Jonathan Taylor makes $4 million this year and plays out the final year of his rookie deal? And I know there's a probably a large chunk of the audience out there that says, hell yeah, you sign the contract, play it out, man. But clearly, and you know, the, I think the common thing I've said over the last few weeks, these two sides are so far apart. They are so far apart with where they're at right now from a what each side agrees upon, common ground, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that it might be the question that we have to get to. And maybe we, we should wait till Tuesday at 4, but do you need to do something before week one to get Jonathan Taylor somewhat feeling more respected, happier, however you want to talk about it? Because you've got cap space. That, that, that is of no issue whatsoever here. Um, but does that need to happen if he's going to play for you? And then again... Well, can he you be know? on your team, KB? I mean, you, right, right. You, you, you've that's been, what I'm saying. Yeah, like, do you want this sort of disgruntled distraction, however you want to call it? Do you want that here? Uh, that, I, I think, is a very fair question. And then again, you know, tonight, tomorrow night, do we see other injuries around the league pop up? I mean, obviously, to the Colts last night, it was their backup center. So, you know, it's not the household, but... You know, when Michael Pittman went down, that's probably ho- holding your breath for, yeah. for for a little bit. If that happens to a marquee running back tonight or tomorrow, how does that change the market for what's out there for Taylor? Yeah, and I'm not sure there's going to be too many marquee guys running the football in preseason uh, week three, right? I mean, that that would be the thing. It would almost be, hey, if did, you're Miami, hey did something happen in practice? Jeff Wilson goes yeah, down. Jeff you know? Wilson goes down. And they have a lot of, you know, they have a lot of, does Miami, a lot of C plus, B minus guys not being paid a lot who are good, play, like who are fine players, who are NFL guys, you know, me and Mark will be picking the you know, Jeff Wilson up on the waiver wire week eight or whatever it is. You know, one thing I had down today, two, three, uh, two, three, nine, 10, 70 is I, I am interested in how you're going to react to this because I believe the majority of the fan base is like, okay, Taylor's going to be back. I mean, at some point he's going to be playing for my favorite team, right? Like at some point the 28 is going to be out there and you start envisioning when you have this new offense, when you have a running offense, offense when you have Anthony Richardson combined with Jonathan Taylor but that also would it would you I feel like it's not a 10 commandment you have one commandment with this if you're not going to extend him which thou right now not th- thou shalt get a third round pick or thou shalt gotcha, get something okay. right. I mean that would mark Tuesday at four o'clock KB it would mark that they did not do that that they left picks 
on the board. Well, and I we're mean, not going to know if they're going to extend him or not or just play this out yeah. and then get ready for the battle next season. I mean, clearly, if you base off the reports that are out there, they have turned down, or at least they've left offers sitting there as of now. And it, there's no urgency to do this today. I, I don't think anything's going to change no. necessarily between today and Monday, for example. Again, I would wait to see these final preseason games play out. Um, going back to Richardson from from last night, Matt, Matt brought this up earlier and I think it's a very fair point. Matt goes, well, I would agree that Richardson's legs are a refreshing change of pace. They won't provide sustained success. His accuracy has to improve if he and the team want to have real success. And he points to 6 of 17 last night. You look at the preseason stats, Andy, for Anthony Richardson. 13 of 29. That is 44%. That is ob- just, let's just strictly go off the numbers. That is a horrific completion percentage. Mm-hmm. The number that I point to that's a little bit more of a, this has got to get better, and I think for the most part, the NFL world has now you know, realized that a lot of teams use this number as a key passing metric. I go to the yards per attempt, and I hope I'm not numbering nerding out here too, too much. But 13 of 29 for 153 yards, that is a 5.2 yards per attempt. That would be one of, if not the worst number in the NFL from last year. So I bring that up to say this. 44% obviously has got to climb. Because you look at the opening series last night. Should Quentin Nelson have back-to-back penalties? Absolutely not. But you were in a third and ten. Mm-hmm. When you're in a third and ten, you expose your offensive line. You put them in an awful situation. There was a second and ten ball that Richardson should have completed. If you complete that ball, now it's third and four, and the playbook is much more open. I point to that yards per attempt number to say this. If you can have a 28-yard completion, a 33-yard completion, and I know those are big numbers, but if you can slide a few of those into a 55 60% passer, you can live with that. But you can't live with 44% and the 5.2 yards per attempt. It goes back to the old Adam Dunn analogy that I've made. I don't even know if it's a good one or not. <laughs> the Adam but, Dunn analogy. Let's Now I've not heard this. Uh, you can Adam Dunn would be one for four. He hit one ball into the Ohio River. He'd have yeah. three strikeouts and he'd throw his bat in the crowd on two of those strikeouts. <laughs> you, you can't have the bat in the crowd strikeouts. You need a couple balls in play. Like you, you watch Ellie De La Cruz. If he gets a ball in play, you've at least put pressure on the defense right. to make you the gotta play. make the other team play baseball. Yeah, when you're throwing the airmails or you're throwing balls that aren't even on target, you not you aren't even forcing the defense to play defense. So that's where I'm I'm at with Richardson of you gotta find a home run or two. And he had it week one. Pierce just dropped it. Those are the plays you have to have to kind of offset some of those other issues. I hope that Makes no, sense. I like the Adam Dunn analogy. Mark, how long has it been since uh, since he's used the Adam Dunn uh, analogy? A couple months now. I think that it was like his summer slogan, I that, think. That was the summer slogan? Yeah. Okay. W- would that be Kyle Schwarber today? <laughs> no, Schwarber's nah, more he's better. than that. He's better, right? He's, I, I, that. Is, a buddy of mine is he not better? The, the Kyle uh. Schwarber baseball card. Mark, please look this up. Kyle Schwarber's batting average. All right, I'm looking at it right now. Right now. Uh, hang on, give me, uh, give me a second. Kyle Schwarber ESPN. Let's type that in. Let's stop. Everything uh, he's hitting. What do you wait? Hey, what do you think he's hitting? Because well, okay. I have it up in front of me. What do you guys think he's hitting? I, I, it's I, worse than I thought. I know what it is. Oh, you and, know what and, it and is. Let's just say this: it doesn't sniff the weight of Donald Trump. It's right. <laughs> it's one eighty four. It's like me in college weight right there. Yeah, one eighty four. One eighty four. One eighty four. Thirty four. Thirty four home runs. Eighty one RBIs. A seven seventy two OPS. <laughs> what one eighty four? 
Indiana's finest. Richardson can't have that. <laughs> no, you know well, you got to be. I, I would agree with uh, you. You got to be a two twenty five hit or something like. Well, that. Well, that's what Steichen like. We talked about so much why I believe in Anthony Richardson. Okay, one of the reasons is Steichen. If he's a good coach, and if Anthony Richardson is who you know a lot of people think he is, you can clean that up, right? I mean, that's a very basic thing. Being able to clean that up enough. And that fits into your narrative of then you hit some of these home run balls. I mean, listen, Alec Pierce is one of them, and that you know. Yeah, they, I, but I, I mean, they, see more out of Pierce. They haven't. I agree. They have not. They haven't let his arm loose. And and I think as well that went into some of the stats last night. And this could be me carrying weight for Anthony Richardson and company. Is you know they tried different things when they went out there for a couple possessions, KB, and they're throwing the ball three straight times. That's not going to be what they're good sure, at, right? Sure. You're obviously going to scheme up. Exactly. Easy. Well, some read, but they're also going to have some read option in there, right? Like, we're going to see them do things in the running game that we didn't see last night. No, when they went pass, 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 when they went pass happy, that's not going to be where Anthony Richardson, at least early on in this season, is going to have success. Well, let's go back to the opening series. The first play of the game is a deep shot to Pierce. And, you know, whatever. Which is fine. Well, I'm fine with that. Yeah, sure. Take a shot. Overthrown. Okay, so now it's second and ten. And after that, you know, 90% of NFL playbooks are going to say, or play callers are going to say, second and ten, we just need to get into third and manual. So they tried that. It was a very simple, uh, you know, pass and catch, or at least was supposed to be that. And Richardson misses it. So then you get to third and ten, and obviously your all-pro should not have back-to-back penalties by any means. But all hell breaks loose with with that. So, um those are the things where you, you just have got to hit a. You can't have the backwards K every time. You, you got to have a couple of balls that are in play so you somewhat give yourself a chance. Now, again, how do you respond from the three and out? How do you respond from the ugly opening drive? You come back with back to back 50 yard plus touchdown drives. You get the field goal drive after that. Um, again, it's Philly's backups, but um, I thought his ability to create. His ability to lead some scoring drives, those are all really nice positive. Two three nine ten seventy. We can go the phone lines here in just a second. I think we have a couple over there. The phone line's over by KB, so I can't see anything. Joey uh, Gallo, by the way, people are using as a comp instead of <laughs> Kyle Schorber. Like that's actually pretty good. What, what, what's Gallo about? I mean, yeah, but Joey Gallo's a bum. Gallo is, he doesn't have the thirty four home runs though. No, Gallo is one eighty, twenty home runs, thirty eight RBIs, and yeah. a seven fifty one OPS. So he he's right up there where he hits a couple yeah. dingers and that's it. Yeah, good Brian Cashman pick up last year, Joey Gallo, eating even more money. I'll say this before, and we can take some calls, and I know there's a bunch going on. Uh, Greg Rakestraw going to join us here at the top of the hour here on The Fan. You know, for me, I'm uh, for, for this team, and I, you guys, I probably feel this way. You know, the, the Colts obviously are going to want to stay in games, and they're not the most talented team, and they're behind the eight ball, especially without Jonathan Taylor. But you can't miss a tackle on special teams to begin the game, right? I mean, that's first and yeah. ten at the fifteen yard line, and when you when you may not be a great team, or we're looking at a five win team or a six win team, KB or something like that, it's little things like that that magnify everything. Thing. You put, I mean, I mean, instead of instead of first and ten at the fifteen, as a sixty-yard missed tackle. Yeah, I mean, it's a sixty-yard missed tackle. Suddenly, now the defense is behind the eight ball, and if you're in these games against good teams, you spotted them seven points, right? I mean, you spotted the Eagles uh, seven points. You had an opportunity to get, to get an interception. Um, what Dallas Flowers, I believe, had a chance to get a pick. You didn't get that. And listen, we've done a lot of positive, but that that is something they now they respond. 
responded well. I'm not poo-pooing them responding well, but you don't want to be down 7 nothing in these games. Well, and you would like to see your starting defense against Marcus Mariota and a backup offense hold them to three there, too. I don't think yeah, that's they had a 39, they converted a bar it. to set. A couple third-down conversions yeah. to have that opening drive touchdown. And we, we, we haven't talked about the defense, so I guess let's just toss this in here, Andy. Uh, starting defense on the field for six series in the preseason. Uh, to be fair, and you just brought up one of the instances, the Anthony Richardson interception being the other one against Buffalo, they were thrown into some not great field position situations by any means. They gave up scores on four of the six drives they were out there. So, you know, again, and that's all backups. They were facing you know, starting defense on the field for six series, facing backups in each of those. You would like to see more from that unit, especially that defensive line. Like you're going to tell me you're going to face an entire second unit offensive line, and you've got your you know multiple first round picks, big free agent deals, and your D line. I would like to have seen them play make a little bit more. I thought they did a nice job against the run, but a little bit more from getting after the quarterback and and that end. Um, so. Those are, I think, some defensive areas that maybe uh, don't get a ton of attention. To your special teams point, and it's understandable, but special teams coordinator Bubba Ventrone is gone from last season. Mm-hmm. He was a guy that the staff, um, I think there was interest in retaining him. He certainly was a name that was brought up as interim head coach possibility before they brought a guy out of a TV booth to coach this team. Uh you know, that loss, I know it's not top six, top seven storyline that we've talked about, but do we see that throughout the course of the season? Uh, Terrence, want to talk some Richardson, Mark? Mm-hmm. Terrence, what's up, man? Hey, how you doing? Doing well. How are you? I'm just fine. Um, I, I just want to say real quick, man, um, I'm hearing the, like, Mike Tannen bombs on ESPN talking about uh, let him sit behind Minshew this, sit behind Minshew that. I mean, um, people, you know, that that makes me mad because you're not, you're not going to learn anything by sitting. It's like you, you, you want to be a better cook. You're not going to be a better cook if you're standing there looking like a freaking idiot watching somebody else cook. You got you, you got to you can read all the cookbooks you want. It's not going to make you any better. You have to go in there by doing. If he makes mistakes, he's going to make mistakes. Let him make them now. He was he was more electric in these uh, 70 yards he threw and the 38 yards he ran. He was more electric and more exciting and and caused more excitement uh, uh, in two uh, uh, in two quarters than all of last season. Oh, oh, that question. I mean, pe- yeah. pe- pe- people, people have to. T- Thank you, Terrence. Appreciate it. I, I think we've, I don't know, I don't want to speak for you, Andy, but I've certainly been on board of Aunt Richardson plays, and he plays right away. And There's a reason why Mike Tannenbaum's a former I, GM, yeah, by the way. I've never been a big Tannenbaum guy. <laughs> He's got to be in those Who is moments a Tannenbaum where it's like, guy? All right, you've got to complete those throws. And I, mean, I think there's on. this misconception, no, too, no of to like, what happens in an NFL practice. For your backup quarterback, they're probably running the scout team. So it's not like they're running even your own offense in those practice settings at, at all. You're practicing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, very light, especially as you get later into the week. It's not like you've got these four grueling days of practice and you're running the Colts offense, this and that. Yeah, Richardson's going to play. And I think this storyline's kind of 
a moot point, right? I mean, Richardson's going to play. So, Tannenbaum, uh, yeah, I don't know why he's even bringing that up. Richardson's starting on September 10th, and he's going to play and play a lot. I mean, there's no one in the NFL who's thinking, okay, we got to get Gardner Minshew in here, and the entire thing of Anthony Richardson's going to sit four games. I agree with Terrence. He used to cook. I can use Sports Talk Radio. If I'm sitting here, uh, and Jake was still in this seat, and it's like, okay, learn how to be a radio host by going in and just listening to other people. Yes, that only, that gets you so far, but eventually you got to sit down in the seat. You got to crack a uh, microphone open. You yeah, got to go with it. See the red light come on. Yeah, and, you got to see and the red light yeah. come on. Let's go. You know, there was uh, on the second drive last night, Richardson um, on that touchdown drive, he completed back-to-back passes to Michael Pittman and, and uh, Drew Ogletree over the middle. Ogletree had a nice kind of catch and run after that play. Those were two plays, Andy, that for anybody that went out to Grand Park or really have even watched Richardson in the preseason, those are throws that are not often on target, let alone in positions where they're in stride. Both of those guys, Pittman and and Ogletree on those plays, they could do something after Mm -hmm. the catch. And they did. And and those are plays that I think you really have to pinpoint of. The ball's over the middle, the ones that are in tighter windows. He is a beautiful natural thrower of the ball down the field. That is of no question. I mean, he is at his best when you're trying to hit something deep, particularly near the sidelines, outside the numbers. It's those throws over the middle where it's almost hold your breath. And that's why the Josh Downs ball that you, that you brought up was such a great ball, and you almost thought to yourself, there's no way that he dropped that because he right, was I thought down. it was a bad pass, I, and then, yeah. they, then they showed and Josh Downs absolutely dropped it. So, you know, again, those are the th- areas where when it's underneath stuff, when it's, and when I say underneath, you know, the 5 to 10 yard balls, those sorts of quick rhythm throws, um, that was a huge step forward. And again, getting more consistent in that area is of big time importance. Uh, on the other side, Greg Rakestraw is going to join us. Andy wants to get into it. It's a little compare of me and Stephen Holder here. Yeah, we can do that All later. Right. We can do that later on. I mean, it's really not that different. It's a fancy way to set you up uh, where we can talk about the 53-man <laughs> roster. That's really what and, it is. That's really what it is. And unfortunately, I think we did see one injury ramification to that, so we'll touch on that from last night. Greg Rakestraw on the other side. It is the wake-up call here with KB and Andy, 93.5, 5, 107.5. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Been a good first week of shows. Appreciate you guys having me. KB, Mark, appreciate you guys having me. Been a fun of course, week. Of course, outstanding. Been a fun week. Been uh, fun reacting to the game last night. You heard this man on the post game. Greg Rakeshaw joins us. I almost feel bad we're having him on. I, I mean, I do too. What What time <sighs> did you, Greg, uh, first of all, thank you for joining us after a late night last night and You're early warrior. morning. Uh, why the hell are you on with us this morning at 8.02? What's going on, man? Are you crazy? What's well, happening? First of all, Mark Dykton kindly texted me yesterday and said, what time would you like to do? And I said, 8 a.m. 
And the reason being is that Indianapolis public schools do not care that I was on the air until 2 a.m. My kids have to be at school at 9 a.m. today. So literally, this serves as a wake-up call to make sure the Rakestraw children are not tardy this morning. So If the Colts have the toughness of you, Ray. I've had far worse before. We're going to be just fine. How many tardies do you get now in schools? Well, I think it's like there's 180 something days, so I think just shy of 180. Okay, I've okay. <laughs> always um, wondered. I, eventually, you get ridden up. <laughs> my my daughter is very much a stickler, and you know we're on like the late bus programs. There are some schools that are open like 7:15, 7:30, which is insane. My kids both go to two different schools that are like of the nine o'clock variety. So my daughter is there like at 8.50 before every school day. Well, her, her next tardy will be her first. Hmm. My son, if we get him there within like an hour <laughs> of the school day starting, it's a victory for everybody involved. So two very different kids. Rick, we'll certainly get to high school football week two and when start times are going to be tonight and handling all of that heat and humidity. But let's go to last night. General theme of the post game was what? Anthony Richardson looked really good uh, and looked far better than his numbers would indicate. And, and again, was he perfect? No. Um, was was he potentially a, a, a fumble away or Michael Pittman not recovering a fumble or a potential pick away from having a different number? Hello. Oh, and Mark left the room too. So Did that's, we lose that, that, that's not good. Any, that's not good either. There we go, oh, Greg. We you, Rick. There we go. We Snap got you. Snap your fingers in your back. I, I, I'm, I'm narcoleptic. I fell asleep. I'm sorry, boys. <laughs> it just immediately went away. No, I mean, I thought Anthony played very well. Um, again, was it perfect? No. Uh, that was the theme. The fact that if you're on team play, the starters last night was your night playing the entire first half. But I thought that everything is going to be, how did Anthony Richardson look? And again, he didn't look overwhelmed in any way, shape, form, or fashion. He's your guy coming up in 16 days. What did you think of him looking at the crowd and flapping the wings at the Eagles fans? How about that? The best part of it was Zaire Franklin didn't realize it. And so when Lara Overton asked him about this in the postgame show and him being affiliated, he's like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, and so, you know, he chalked it up to have a little fun. Sayers like, hey, hey, brother, no, 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 no. This is not, not not how we do it around here. And you don't want to do that in Philadelphia. But, again, the exuberance of youth. He is just 21 years of age. Yeah, I, I got no issue with it. Uh, Rick, all right, shifting gears to roster cuts coming up 4 o'clock on Tuesday. Tight end has been a position that I've really I've struggled with and figuring out, okay, how many, who are they going to be, what the depth chart looks like, all of it. You think there's any chance Mo Ali Cox gets traded for a Mo Ali Cox equivalent at a position the Colts have less confidence in? I think it's certainly possible. Absolutely, um, I'm not sure he makes the roster. Um, you know, Jelani Woods has to be there, right? Even though he's not played hardly. Gosh, at he's all. been hurt so much, right? Yeah, he is going to make it, but Rick, he's missed close to a month. I feel like. And maybe you can stash him on pup. Um, or, or, or you know, on IR, I, I guess, because I, I, he had practiced at some point in time during the course of the uh, of the preseason. Ogletree's going to be there. Granson's going to be there. Um, but but you still got to figure out: is it Mo? Is it Will Mallory? I thought Mallory made a couple Farrell? plays last night. Is is it Pharaoh Brown? 
Um, I mean, they've got so many options. So, no, I, I have been of the opinion that it is it is not a foregone conclusion that one of your longest tenured players in Moali Cox may not be on this roster come Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, he is your longest tenured skill player, which is yeah. kind of crazy to think about. Well, that. it's also that's uh, if he makes a team. I guess even if he doesn't, that's going to be a that'd be a poll question or some sort of trivia question that we can put on there. Um, who else do you think helped or hurt themselves last evening, Greg? I believe it or not, even though he didn't make maybe the defensive plays that he has made in in games gone by, Jalen Jones, and it's from one play. And, and if you weren't paying attention, you may not have noticed this. Colts had a punt. Maybe it was the punt in the final minute of of the of the first half where you see like this blue streak chasing the, the, the return man, and it's Jalen Jones because he beat a double team at the gunner position. And that is the biggest worry in terms of special teams because of the season-ending injury to Ashton Doolin last week and of the various skill sets that Doolin has and the fact that he kind of takes up three spots with one roster position it's the ability to cover punts and be that, that gunner that I think is the thing that was the toughest to replicate for this team. So the fact that Jalen Jones did that, I'm like, all right, put that kid on the team. So, um, you know, Saguna Luby with a, with, with a fumble recovery, he's been just everywhere this year in, in terms of the preseason. He didn't hurt his status at all. Maybe Khaled Kareem gets the last defensive end spot. Another pass rush that he had last night. So, again, because the starters played so much last night, I'm not sure there was that guy that said, yep, he's making the team. But but Jones, to a lesser degree, Luby and Kareem, those are the guys that kind of popped to me an evening ago. He is Greg Rakestraw, obviously ISC Sports Network, and we'll get the lowdown on the high school scene here in just a second. Rake, what's the, um, what's the least amount of draft pick compensation you would need to trade Jonathan Taylor? I do believe that someone, again, knowing that the teams that really would, would want to take him are the ones that feel they're a player away from a Super Bowl being a Super Bowl team. Those that are most likely to be in that group are, say, maybe the you know teams would be like the last four or five in, in the first round. I do think potentially someone would give up a back end of the first round pick to get him. Really? But, Kevin, I still think the bigger issue is not what a team would give up to get Jonathan Taylor. It's is that team going to sign him to an extension, and do they feel any differently about what they would pay him than the Indianapolis Colts clearly have a, a, a an issue with paying him on a long-term basis. So, I, I, I again, I, 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 do, I am of the belief that the Colts said, fine, you, you you want to test the market? You have our permission to go seek a trade. Um, I, I think it was as much a fact finding mission to say, listen, what we are telling you is not us. We are we are not being uh, we, we are not trying to be cheap. Um, it, th- this is what the market bears at this point for you. It's not what you're looking for. Go talk to 31 other teams and you will find out for yourself. Greg Rakestraw joins us on the Payless Liquors Hotline, 8 o'clock hour, hanging out with you on the fan. Uh, keeping with JT, did you guys ever, I don't know, did you ever ever think internally last night, boy, it'd be nice to see this offense with JT because, you know, I mean, obviously Chicago, the starters don't play, AR doesn't play. You go back to the Buffalo game, a lot has happened. 
happened with the Jonathan Taylor stuff since Buffalo uh, to this morning. I know I, I was watching last night, Greg, and I just thought, man, this team, they're going to, you know, AR is going to be able to run, and there are some holes for these running backs, right? Man, can you imagine if Jonathan Taylor were running through some of these holes that the offensive line is creating? I guess for me, I thought that last night for the first time. Yeah, I mean, it certainly, it, I'm like, man. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, is this a better team with Jonathan Taylor? Of course it is. It's one of the best running backs in in the game. And you have a quarterback that makes everybody else around him better just because of the possibility of what he can do. Um, that That is the shame in all of this, is that given the rotating you know, tour of quarterbacks that, that Jonathan has played with, Here's the guy that perhaps can help you the most. Uh, and, and it seems like fate, decisions, et cetera, has conspired to where you no longer want to play here. And, and that's a shame on many levels. Again, Greg Rakeshaw is with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Rake, your destination tonight is where? I am going to Pike High School, which is rare for me. Uh, I think this is the first football game I have done there in the last six years. They have Fishers, and they are one of the handful of schools was elected not to change their kickoff time. So we are kicking off at, at 7.07 for television purposes as Pike plays host to Fishers, these two teams playing for a 10th consecutive season. So you would say most schools have changed to either 7.30 or 8 o'clock? Most have pushed back to 7.30 or 8. And some of those were proactive and did so, you know, three days ago. Some, you know, kind of announced that yesterday. But I would say the majority are playing at seven thirty or eight o'clock. Uh, this is a very selfish thing, Greg. I'm going to have to pick your brain. I'm not. Maybe Mark. Maybe KB can help me. Uh, I'm going to be moved in probably the weekend after the first week of that uh, NFL season. Weekend of what? September 10th, 11th, and that entire thing. After that, I'm going to pick your brain. You need to tell me. I need some high school games that I need to be out to. Okay, my man. I need that. And maybe I need you to introduce me to some people. I know you're a big wig. You can. You know, you can give me some VIP rooms or something like that. Hospitality sure, absolutely. rooms. <laughs> absolutely. There is this thing called ticket takers, and you can introduce yourself to them. And for the low price of 7 or $8, they yeah. will gladly welcome you to any football game across the state of India. I can't get a VIP badge or well, something saying, like that? What's going hospitality on? Hospitality rooms. It's just what? Hey, you know, your Papa John's pizza <laughs> in the press box. Rake, we've got Cathedral Brownsburg on our airwaves. I assume you would consider that to be a pretty good matchup? Very much so. You know, Brownsburg under John Hart has gotten themselves to the point where they are amongst the best teams in the state each and every year. Obviously, Danny O'Neill is amongst the two or three best players in the state of Indiana. Good people look very impressive last week in dispatching of Lafayette Jeff. So did Brownsburg, too, uh, in playing Fort Wayne Bishop Dwinger. But again, both those teams will tell you they're playing a much better level of competition uh, in, in terms of who they have this week. Um, again, for Cathedral, they're always going to be good, too. Danny O'Neill is spectacular. This is not like the Cathedral team of two years ago that lost so many pieces. Um, they just lost some really important pieces. You know, players like Gilbert, uh, as as well as... Um, Drawn you know, Tibbs, Kendall certainly. On, on, ...on the defensive line. Obviously, Tibbs and Wooten, in terms of what those guys did from a pass-catching standpoint, at wide receiver and the tight end position. So it was more along the lines of key pieces they lost off of last year's team. Danny O'Neill's going to make them really good, but tonight we'll have a better idea as to what what losing of those pieces means against top-flight competition for the Irish. 
Well, uh, it was, I think, Westfield LC. Yeah, Westfield LC. So a couple other games of Correct. note we will uh, touch on here in just a sec. Rake, enjoy Pike Fisher. Stay cool, certainly, to everybody out there, high school football-wise. And I uh, appreciate you uh, in a very short sleep cycle hopping on with us. All right, back to bed. Thank you, fellas. That's Greg Rigstar right there, Payless Liquors Hotline. Other games of note tonight here locally, Zionsville at Lebanon, Ron Colley, Franklin Central, Chatards taking on the Titans of Tech. HSC against the Fighting Jake Queries, Greenwood and Indian Creek, Avon at Ben Davis. Nice one on the west side. Though. Can I ask you guys something? This is something I've wanted to get into all week. We've never had a chance to do it. Yes. Sure. Can I ask you guys? Because Rakestraw, I feel like, kind of kind of pushed me down, not getting in the hospitality room and getting my free yeah, I mean, my free Diet Coke and football. Po- what do you want, the red carpet rolled well, out? What no, do you want to see here? here? Here's the thing. What's the station protocol for, like, Colts and Pacers games? Is there a little, uh, is there a little, uh, is there, you know, a suite? Is there a box? Tickets available? What's the, I mean, I know press pass but i mean other than a press pass what is available at the radio station i, I think we did we used to have a suite we Mark. used to have a suite you yeah. know obviously with the flagship of both pacers <laughs> well, and colts that's I, the I, reason I, I asked well, baby I, come on i'm not sure if that is still something that's there <laughs> yeah i have yeah. uh you can always ask sales let's just say in the what six years i've been here i've not experienced suite life at, at colts or pacer game i did um, one time and it was the colts andrew luck retirement game oh, for the oh boy <laughs> brought my dad there He's you go Excited. And then everybody's looking at their phones like, what the hell is this? Then you boot them off the, then yeah. you boot them off the field. Account. The yeah. soil now is like face recognition not to allow you back yeah. back in. So so like like I got it. Well, here's what I was thinking. You know, the pacer, the pacer start, there's gotta be there's gotta be a sweet night, right? Like I'm the new guy. Don't I get the sweet night? I mean, I got to go to the Colts luncheon. I'm legit legit was asking, is there is there a suite that I can weasel my way into for NBA games? That's basically what I'm asking. I would say if you can, you'd be the first. Okay. This reeks of desperation yeah. right here, begging for sweet no, life. No, it's it's not begging; it's wondering. It's you know, being the home of the Colts and Pacers. I I didn't know if there was uh, if there was a sweet life to be had. Yeah. You know, a little buffet, a little chicken tender, a little pizza, a little. Uh, I'm just little like free I, beer life or something. What's going on? I don't know. One o'clock Colts kicks. If there's bacon <laughs> in the press box, you got a happy yeah. Kevin. I think, I think you need to rub elbows with Jake Query because. Uh, yeah, he sits very close. Yeah, he's got very good seats. At, at Pacer games mm-hmm. there. Oh, yeah. he's got season tickets? Yeah. He knows the right people. Yeah, he does. Okay, so so he he's, he weasels his way in. He doesn't... Well, he well. doesn't... Well, no, that's fine. I'm fine with that. You, you can guys, make the argument his significant other puts up with a lot and... Yeah, yeah. Sure. Guys, I... I he allows him to come with him. I yes. have went many, many years not paying for sporting events, weaseling my way into Sweet Life's, uh, way too good of seats for the Final Four, uh, way too good of seats for fill-in-the-blank. Like, this is something that matters to me. That's what I'm saying. And if it can happen, I'm going to be the one that finds it. I'm going to take a selfie in a suite. It's going to bother both of you. Three practices <laughs> upcoming for the It'll Colts. It'll be at the Brownsburg <laughs> Cathedral game tonight at around 8.30. Eddie Garrison's oh, going to hook me up. Brownsburg's at Ledge Department. They, they, they honestly might have sweet life out there. Uh, Sunday, Wednesday, <laughs> Thursday. Those are the three practices for the Colts this upcoming week. I, I know the Jonathan Taylor trade situation is obviously the dominant storyline. No chance Taylor's practicing Sunday before a 4 o'clock deadline. Uh, so that means it shifts to Wednesday and Thursday, and then after that, it's week one prep for the Jags. I know that that, you know, hey, where's he at health-wise? How much practice time does he need to be ready for week one? That storyline has now been pushed to the back burner. It's mm-hmm. all about the trade, but that's still relevant. If you get to Tuesday at 4 o'clock and all of a sudden he's still here, that is next uh, on the agenda. Again, Nate Atkins, who was in Philly last night for the Indianapolis Star, said that uh, he spotted 
Taylor heading to the buses after the game. So he was in the building. I know Amazon never found yeah, it. I, I just it's can't believe rare that. for you know a TV network like that yeah. not to find. You know, usually they're like, oh, we'll get an owner boost shot. Or, it's a preseason game yeah, too. We'll find Jackson Mahomes or whoever. Um, I was a little surprised we didn't see JT on <laughs> Jack- camera. Jackson Mahomes. It took me a second. What is that? What player is he talking? Is that an offensive lineman? I don't know. Yes, if you can find Jackson Mahomes in the crowd, certainly on the sideline in a two score game in the preseason, you can find you. You can find Jonathan Taylor. Uh, by the way, also looking at, uh, I'm looking at now the Indy star, Joel A. Erickson has his roster cuts as well. So I'm, I'm trying to transcribe and go through all of this. I think I'm a, I think I'm a six wide receiver, four tight end guy. On this time, uh, on this, isn't that something we've been talking about a lot? Yeah, I, I, guess, I am not. I am. I know I you think are. My latest. If I'm not mistaken, did I do five wideouts, five tight ends? I Okay, well, I'm going to have to look here. I have way too many pages open uh, with you, and we'll get to this next segment. You and Holder, I think one of the, I think one of the battles here is going to be who's going to be the final wide receiver. Yeah, and I, went, I think that's going to be the battle. Yeah, here. you got the four that I think we all assume: Michael Pittman Jr., Alec Pierce, Isaiah McKenzie, Josh Downs. That fifth wideout, one with Jawan Winfrey. I mean, to your point, you might as well just throw a dart at the board there. Um, the reason why, and I know this is a little bit kind of roster cut in depth thing. Five tight ends, and I brought up to Greg Rakestraw, do you trade Mo Alley-Cox for the equivalent of another position? You know, the Mo Alley-Cox on the O-line, or the Mo Alley-Cox at you know corner, safety, something like that, running back. Um, I kept five tight ends because, to me, I think if you were to cut one of them, especially because there are a lot of draft picks. Mallory was a fifth-round well, draft that's pick. That's a good point, you know, yeah. Ogletree was a, well, Woods was is a, injured. Was, yeah. was a draft pick. Woods is obviously a draft pick. Those are harder to sneak through. I look at a guy like, and he's got a crazy name, so maybe he would show up on a waiver wire and people would be like, it sounds like British royalty. Arlington Hambright <laughs> great, on the offensive great, line. It's such a great name. I'm like, isn't he a little easier to sneak to the practice <laughs> squad than a Will Mallory or Drew Ogletree? That's some of my line of thinking with that. But again, that Danny Pinter injury... From last night. If you look at it right now, we'll see what the status is with Pinter. Carted off, ankle injury. Obviously, you hope it's sprained more than broken. If you look at the depth right now on that offensive line, the names Carter O'Donnell, Blake Freeland, Arlington Hambright. I would put those as the first three depth guys, okay? Carter O'Donnell, Andy, mm-hmm. you've played as many defensive snaps or offensive snaps in the NFL as him. Blake Freeland, you've played as many offensive snaps in the NFL as him. And Arlington Hambright, seventh-round pick, who hasn't played an offensive snap in the NFL since 2020. That's six, seven, eight on your O-line. And you see it last night. Just one little roll-up. I know. And I, there was part I know. of me, and I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but I'm thinking, boy, if Danny Pinter's your sixth offensive lineman, do you really need to see him out there? He just played the whole first half. He started last night without Ryan Kelly. Um, again, I know hindsight is super twenty twenty, but... Uh, that was a question I have. So six, seven, eight right now in your O line. If Pinter's going to miss time, two dudes that have never played in the NFL, and then 
Arlington Hambright. I mean, don't you have to feel like that's where they go with one of these waiver moves, is the offensive line? Yeah. Especially with the injury last night. I mean, don't you think that concretes it, that they'll be they'll add somebody? who You know, I don't know who that's going to be, but they'll add somebody sure. to this roster on the offensive line. Again, we'll say this a lot between now and Tuesday afternoon. They are fourth in the waiver wire because they stunk so bad last season. It goes off of where you finished last year, the early waiver wire priorities. So, for example... And there's 1,100 guys that are get cut. The Eagles will cut, you know, whatever 90 minus 53, 37 guys that they are going to cut. And the Colts will have the fourth waiver priority in trying to claim those players. Some players of note in recent years: Jack Doyle. I guess if you go back a decade ago from the Titans, Kenny Moore from the Patriots, Pierre Desir uh, had a nice little run here as well. So they found. Some notable names in these waiver claims, and this year they have a much higher one than they typically do. All right, uh, let's do a morning check down, and then you said get into that 53-man yeah, roster. Yeah, we can do a little 53-man uh, roster. Break it down, where sure. are the differences on that? Still want to get to our fan reaction from last night. Five words or less. What did you think of last night's performance? We'll give us some callers as well. Before all of that, we got a busy morning check down. The morning check down. On 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. All right, the one last night, Arizona Diamondbacks over KB Cincinnati Reds, 3-2. Are you going to abandon being a Reds fan? Are you going to abandon following this team? God, I love that audio. We know. A two-run home run by Corbin Carroll. Mark can go bleep himself. Here's how that sounded in Arizona. Fly ball to right. Hit it pretty well. Back of the warning track at the wall. It's gone. Carroll did it. A two-run shot. I was just going to play the Carol one. Carroll did it. Andy wanted to double down on the audio and make you, you know, yank uh, it's double a, kick. It's, it's a new, it's a new audience. In a row, and now we're playing Diamondbacks. Home hey, runs they beat. Here. Hey, they went and beat the Nationals nine-one, and then lost yesterday to make sure they lost the series. Uh, where it stands right now, the Phillies and Cubs uh, and Diamondbacks would be your three teams there in that race. The Giants and the Reds a half game back. The Marlins fall to two games back. That's what the Wildcat, uh, the Wildcat, the Wild Card looks like in the NL. I miss the Wildcat. Is the Wildcat dead? Do any teams run the Wildcat anymore? Okay, so who ran? The, yes, they did in the playoffs. Called the San Francisco 40, yeah, 49 did, yeah. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey, they were running into the ground. Uh, Mark already swooshed it. Uh, Fever, nice win last night at home. They've got a couple home games upcoming. Big one for Kelsey Mitchell for her as they beat Seattle. Other things locally to look forward to this weekend. We've got IndyCar back on the schedule coming up Gateway. That's always a fun oval there on the east side of St. Louis. Final oval. Oval of the year. Joseph Newgarden's dominance on those tracks is well documented, so we'll see if that continues. I, I guess, I don't know if we've mentioned it yet, the Colts did win and cover last night for our degenerate. Four and a half. There. Yeah, four and a half. was the final 27-13? Yeah, 27-13. You covered covered with ease. Give me another swoosh there. Give me a swoosh. I want want one more swoosh. Tanner McKee threw 34 passes last night. Did he win the job over Ian Book? We'll Dion dive Kane, into that at 38. You look like a <laughs> Nebraska fullback with that jersey. Well, Teddy Bridgewater's wearing day. 50 with the Lions. Did you see that? Yeah, or at least in the preseason he is. And one point on special teams, the Colts, I think, had two number 37s running down there. <laughs> it's like high school football yeah. or college football. Quickly also, uh, just in the NFL, Steelers winners last night, 24 nothing. They played some of their starters, obviously. And uh, Jerry Judy injured for Denver. Hamstring injury. He was carted off uh, practice yesterday. KB 
be he's going to be out several weeks. I mean, the thought is he's not going to be ready for week one for sure. So fantasy leagues upcoming, Jerry Judy will be available, but it might be a few weeks into the season. Does that increase the urgency at well, all to make a move for a notable skill player? Yeah, I mean that's that's a possibility they are the if he's healthy. Report, if he's healthy, reportedly interested in Jonathan Taylor. Um, that I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but something to keep an eye on here as that Tuesday deadline uh, gets a little bit closer. All right, on the other side, we'll get into what some roster cut dilemmas look like. And again, get to your fan tweets of the game and your reaction, what you thought from Anthony Richardson last night. It's a wake-up call. KB and Andy here on another muggy start to this day in Indy. 935-1075, The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Let me in. It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right, it is a Friday. Get you into the weekend. We got you to 10 o'clock. Wake Up Call. Andy Sweeney, that's me. Kevin Bowen, that's him. Mark Dykton hanging out with you producing today's effort. Appreciate Greg Rakestraw joining us uh, in the 8 o'clock hour. Reminder, podcast 107.5 The Fan. Uh, you can catch the podcast. Apple, you know, wherever you get your podcast, you can catch us. Appreciate you uh, listening, watching on the YouTube, the breakfast bar, if you will. I don't know what we're going to call it. That may not be it. Uh, and we appreciate you. A couple different things. Reminder, coming up tonight, 7.30, Cathedral, Brownsburg. Um, my man, Eddie G. Eddie Garrison will have that. Cannot wait Mark, we got a wager that. on that. Mark is a Brownsburg resident. Oh, Andy, nice. And I, we uh, have a line on it? And I am we a should. Cathedral grad. You want a six Are we allowed beer? to bet beer on high school's athletics? We're adults. We can. Well, if you can bet money, you can bet beer. Yeah, yeah. six-pack, Mark. Okay. Good luck. Deal. Money <laughs> line. There we go. Is there a line on the game? No, just winner. <laughs> Yeah, That's if really com- a if degenerate com- ask- question. Is is there a line on the high school? There has oh, been man. a time where I've pulled Greg Gregstraw aside at a Thanksgiving week yeah. Colts practice yeah. and said, Fellas. I need lines on the six high school football Fellas, games. he needs to bring you game. to like... A padded room. No, there's people. People, Mark. People gamble on high school. Uh, high school do. football. Uh, is it? Does it mean you're a degenerate? Probably. Yeah. Are some of our listeners same, and maybe myself people, yeah, a degenerate? I well, say, I can, the I same can. people that bit, that bet on the Pro Bowl and whatnot. Oh man, I can raise my hand. Yeah. I, I listen. I, I will. You can shame me all you want. I don't mind talking about lines for Cathedral Brownsburg at seven thirty tonight. Cover okay? tomorrow. Twenty and a half. Yes. Maybe. Yes. Mm-hmm. The Navy line always worries me. Does Navy still run the offense that they've always well, ran? It, you know, or Coach, is it different? Coach Ken, as Brian Kelly used to always call him, Niamatololo. Yeah. Am I close on that? Yeah, good, yes, good enough. Okay. Uh, he's gone now. Yeah. So they, they actually have, a, I think, Appalachian State or uh, Kennesaw State, I don't know, brought in a new coordinator. It sounds like they might actually throw it, which I feel like is a... The academy should always run it, the triple option. <laughs> Listen, I'm with you. By I have way, no problem with that. We're going to get these Colts roster cuts real quick. College football. 
Isn't there a rule change this year now where the clock isn't stopping after every first down? Yeah. Uh, Which I love. Yeah. These college football games take way too long. They're four-hour games. Well, plus, I mean, like, I've always, my biggest problem has been, like, I get not everything is going to be like college basketball, the NBA, college football, and the NFL. It may not all be the same, but, like, the one foot having to be down for a touchdown in college and stopping the clock after the first downs, I don't understand why that's different in college than the NFL. I've always wondered that. Even when when I was a kid, I wondered, why is this different? I'm so excited to watch Notre Dame more. God. What's the scene in the Bowen household well, when Notre Dame's on? Maddie running out of the room right hopefully before Hopefully Max will be asleep for a nice two-hour nap. And Rosie Bowen's favorite song right now, organically, Maddie Bowen can call in and confirm her favorite song right now is the Notre Dame fight song. <laughs> in a very organic manner. <laughs> it sure. happened to be played one time. She loves it. She's got a green pom-pom. She dances to it. She's okay. ready to go. Okay. Not Coco Melon or no, Bluey no, or not, anything? No, nothing along those lines. I've heard about this damn Bluey, she by the way. She also likes This Is Me and Greatest Showman, which is a terrific song as well. Bluey, uh, Bluey, Mark and I stamp of approval, right, Mark? Yes, Bluey's favorite. Yeah, this yeah. is what I've heard. The Bluey's like, it, it's a children's show, Coco but adults Melon, can stomach horrific. it. Mm-hmm. What's the guy with a hat? Blippy. I want to oh, punch him in no. the face. No He's Blippy, terrible. No Ryan's so Bl- World. Bluey's good, Bluey but Ryan's World and Blippy bad. Went yes. to Bluey at Old National over in your neck of the woods where your okay. Airbnb's at right now. So, yeah, B- uh, Bluey, yes, Blippy. No, I, no, yeah, God, no. Speaking of Mass Kick Avenue, right Mass Avenue last night, they had the things that go up and down the street where the people drink the beer, the peddler, you know, oh, you peddle. Oh, I've never goodness. been on one of those. No, me either. I, I, you know what? The show needs to. I have not either. I can't believe that all three of us are sitting here and not been a part of we one of those. We should do a show pedal bar is what you're saying? No, it's just all, woo! You should broadcast the show from a pedal bar. That's fine. Let's uh, go, engineers. Listeners, jump on. Yeah, and get a Comrex out there. We'll be good like, to go. I feel like everybody that does a pedal bar <laughs> thinks they're the first ones to ever do it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, look at us. It's like, yeah, okay, get I, out of the way. I, I do have to laugh a few times when you see them in the pouring down rain. I'm like, oh my god. I go do something else. Like, I know you paid for it, you prepaid for it, but go do something else. Greg Rakestraw type toughness there on the pedal bar. <laughs> Absolutely is. Do you want? Okay, so I was just looking uh, because this. Listen, this could be a laborious task here as we go through all. Of this, but you Great have SAT word. You like that? That's uh, that's my that's my ten dollar word for the day here on the fan. Uh, and by the way, we can get a couple calls in two three nine ten seventy as well. Okay, so you have uh, your fifty three man roster cut projection. I've got it up on okay. the website. Right now now, you'll, now yep. you'll probably update that maybe yeah, if you yeah. feel differently on Monday or well, on cer- Sunday night or something yeah, else. Certainly, the Danny Pinter injury is going to play. Yeah, into that, and so. we'll find out more about that. So uh, you have yours up, Joel. Uh, Joel, and by the way. Joel Erickson, is it Joel A? You guys put, do you always put, throw the I, A in? Because you have, I've I noticed. I try to, yeah. yeah, yeah respectfully. Yeah, okay, yeah. so A that's is, something he likes then. I huh? believe so, yes. Uh-huh. Okay, so Joel A, uh, A. Erickson of the Indy Star and then Stephen Holder at ESPN.com. And, and I, what, I think the four positions uh, that you guys kind of have a little bit different is offensive line, Holder had Hambright. You had O'Donnell. Okay, uh, and O'Donnell again, started last night at right guard. I, 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 hey, so listen. that's why I went with him. Sure. Um, linebacker. He uh, Holder has five. You have six. Okay, Doman, I believe is the one addition that you had. And then it looks like that final wide receiver spot and perhaps cornerbacks. How many? Now you and Holder, I believe, have corners the same. Both of you have them keeping. six. 
six guys there. I believe Erickson had just five. No, he had seven corners. He's got Tony. He's Brown. got Tony. Crazy Tony yeah, Brown. he's got Tony Brown making the team. So it looks like last corner, offensive line, a spot there, final wide receiver, and then the difference. Are you going to keep five or six linebackers? Looking at it, you know, over the last few breaks, that kind of is where the differences are. But obviously, the meat of the roster, um, you guys have the same. I think for me, just because the skill positions are always the sexy uh, positions, the the final wide receiver will Winfrey make it. You had him. That's kind of you know who I thought yeah, would make I, it I as did well. Not have Mike Strawn. Strawn didn't play last night. I I don't know if that hip, groin, whatever he hurt in that Bears joint practice is still impacting him at all. Um, but he just doesn't play special teams. So I, I, I cut him. I put Juwan Winfrey, who's got a little special teams history. But as I said earlier in the show, dart at a dartboard for that for that fifth wideout. I mean, yeah, I, I got no idea. Is anyone that. passionate about that final spot? Like, well, are, like I, are the fans passionate about who makes that, I guess? I mean, Strawn is always the intriguing. Right. He's 6'5", because he's tall. Cool kid. He, Randy Moss catches balls in practice. Um, and Ashton Doolin, I mean, to be fair, that's why we're we. That's we are, why we are where we are, right? We're debating this. You know, to me, some of the dilemmas that I had. Again, I'll go back to wide out and tight end. I'm keeping five tight ends. That's probably a high number, but I think those. Uh, the reason I keep that many is because I think you've got some draft pick talent that would be harder to sneak through the waiver wire. Offensive line. Again, the Danny Pinter injury is going to be one to watch. Just laid out in the previous segment. You, I mean, it's got to be the most inexperienced. Depth, depth group in the entire NFL behind your starting five. Um, Arlington Hambright is certainly a name that that should be kept in mind. And if you keep nine, or you know, if Pinter's out and you keep eight, uh, he will be some somebody to watch. Linebacker and corner. Um, I think I even mentioned there in my analysis, if you will, of the linebacker position. I said I might be. Uh, you know, Doman is probably the the, the question mark here. Um, I had Grant Stewart, for those unfamiliar. Stewart's number 41 with the hair. He's always flying around. <laughs> He's got, I think... He does have the hair. Al Michaels dropped last night. A, uh, trust me, his last name's Stewart, because you can't see the nameplate on the back of the jersey. <laughs> Segun Aluby is a big hitter, number 50. I kept him as well. The debate there would come down to, again, special teams value and how you view. I could definitely see Tony Brown at corner as a seventh guy. I went extra linebacker. You could go extra corner. So I think those are some of the debates you have. But, Andy, when you get to 4 o'clock Tuesday and there's 1,100 guys that are hitting the open market with every team having to cut 37, running back, wide out, O-line, corner, maybe even safety. In some order, those are the five that I'm watching as waiver wire Areas. Okay, so I guess I would say, unless there's a guy out there that is a surprise cut and he just pops and you say, oh, you got to try to go get that guy, right? I mean, we don't know what the names right. are going sure, to be. Sure. And, yeah, and we there, had this guy high on our yeah, draft board. Yeah, there could we be, didn't see him come. Yeah, there yeah. could be a wide receiver or corner that's like, yo, this guy's just, it's too good. It's too much value to bring him in. I, I'm all, I guess, I'm all for that. One thing that, you know, you see this, listen, the it's like if you come up with the, and I think I've done this a couple times, the Ten Commandments of football doesn't the and it's at the first commandment. It's probably second or third have to be offensive line, and because Anthony Richardson's new, and because of all of the Jonathan Taylor stuff, the depth that offensive line. I think that's the number one worry for me. 
Is that fair if no, I say no, that? No, I think that's, I, yeah. To, to, to me, if the offensive line is, is injured, if the offensive line can't play, you know, and you don't have Jonathan Taylor doing, you know, uh, alien-type things that he can do, and you have running backs that, hey, here's a four-yard run, and they can get that three-and-a-half, four yards. To me, it's a big deal there, and it's a huge deal for Anthony Richardson having a clean pocket, uh, how they call plays if they're going to have to roll out more to give him some more time. Uh, to me, just everything starts with that offensive line. So unless there's somebody at wide out, cornerback, something like that, KB, that just pops to me, to me, offensive line, I always go offensive line, which is why, you know, Matt Miller, I don't know if you guys know him, Matt Miller of ESPN put out a mock draft. Yeah, and, and, we've and, had him on before. Yeah, I'm sure you have it. And he's, um, uh, you know, he he had he he had basically, I think in his latest mock draft, I meant to bring this up yesterday. He had the Colts taking an offensive lineman, you know, being right there, you know, as one of the teams, and I've seen that as being an offensive lineman as well. So, you know, to me, and they would not have as bad of a record to get Marvin Harrison Jr. That's the point there, uh, if he goes number two or three. Uh, but to me, I, I think I'm all about offensive line yeah. and Jonathan Taylor as we get ready for Tuesday. And I'll go back to what I said in the previous segment. Andy, if Danny Pinter's out for a substantial period of time, right now, if I had to pencil in six, seven, eight on your O line, two of those guys have never played a snap in the NFL, and the other guy hasn't played a snap since 2020. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there were moments. You're leaving last, me speechless. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, there were moments last night, even with a you know backup defense, that Anthony Richardson was steer, staring at defenders right in his face, and God bless his athletic gifts because he's able to escape and. Houdini like that. Boy, the other thing with Richardson, if you're a team and you play man defense against them and you don't have a spy, good luck. Right. I mean, you're going to have to spy him. Oh, every time, yeah. Every time. Sean asks, um, Kevin, we're fourth on the waiver list. Does that mean we can claim as many people in that fourth spot or we get to claim one and then order keeps going? You can claim as many people as you want, but you've got to cut people to obviously make room for them. So in 2017, the Colts claimed five guys. They added five to their 53-man roster. You remember the well, five? That makes 58. They had to cut five. Boy. <laughs> I'm quizzing you. Yeah. Well, you were looking at me. I, I, I thought he's going to know the five. I was setting you up to be a hero there. I apologize. I five, Matty Bowen might say, boy. Get a life? Yeah. <laughs> to know the uh, five waiver wire well, additions. Kenny Moore, certainly. I'm going to look it up now. Kenny Moore, Pierre Desir. I, I don't know. If you told me positions, maybe I could try and guess. But yes, you. it's not like you go back to 32, Sean. In the in the waiver order, so let's say they waive Stephen Morris. Mark, insert random Chicago Bear. Uh, DJ Moore. DJ Moore gets cut, which you know that's probably not the best. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll go uh, Tevin Jenkins. <laughs> best example. Tevin Jenkins gets cut. Basically, what happens is, and I guess the Bears aren't the best example because they're first in the waiver claim. Mm-hmm. The Bears, do you want to claim him? No, you don't. Okay, who's number two on the list? Texans, do you want to claim him? No. Okay, three is what was it? Arizona was that who I was three that's last right, year? Yeah. They they would go, and then Indianapolis. And if the Colts want Tevin Jenkins, they put a claim in. If one, two, and three didn't claim him, boom, you get him, and then the next player happens. So. Um, you obviously put in your waiver claims as these teams. It sounds like a very long process, but 
Uh, I believe the number, Andy, is 1184. 1,184 players that will be cut by. I need to remember that. That needs to be Tuesday. that needs to be a question Four. that we can throw. 1184. Kenny Moore was one. Guard, uh, Ian Silberman. Oh, God. Wide yeah, receiver, Matt uh, Hazel Hazel played at Miami. Nothing. Defensive back, Pierre Desire. Okay, so okay, Desire remember him? Desire, Moore, Desire. Running back, Matt Jones. Oh, boy. Yeah. So well, there you go. You one, should not have remembered any of those. One huge hit and Kenny Moore. One, I would say, Pierre Desir had a really nice couple-year run here. And then the other three, yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, all right, your reaction from last night. Five words or less. We'll go over some of those fan tweets and get back into what we saw from Anthony Richardson. How would you rate a performance that if you look in a box score, it's not going to impress you very much. We'll touch on that here coming up on the other side. The Wake Up Call, KB and Andy. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Post-game headlines. It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right, I know last night the game ended a little late, but... Still, we've got some post-game headlines. Mark fired off the tweet from last night. End of the third quarter, I was like, if you want to start posting now, yeah, go ahead. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to raise my hand here. I was writing at that point, posted there at the end of the third quarter. What time did you go to bed last night? Uh, boy, after that two-run shot by, by the Diamondbacks. <laughs> uh, it was just after midnight. Okay. I'm in a Reds group text. There's one dude that literally watches every pitch of the 162-game season, and then Jake, for some reason, was texting Mark and I at midnight as well. I was just like, oh, gosh. I Finally, I had a, I had a call tonight. Um, okay. My favorite, and guys, feel free to chime in. Luke accurately points out here, no more statue at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, how about Jared? AR played better than stats. I have a finally fun to watch again. Think to exist. Next up, next up, Marvin Harrison Jr. There's a lot of negative ones here. I, I most thought, of these are negative. I thought we had a variety. <laughs> Michael, they, there will be exciting losses. Here's one about to buy season tickets. That's positive, I would say. Yeah, yeah I also don't believe that guy. A- AR played better than stats. Yeah, I would I like say that. accurate. O-line problems still not fixed, question mark. That, that's another debate as well. How about Brooks? Extend JT, ditch Ballard. <laughs> okay, okay. Ballard was on the sideline. He had a hat on. If I was had his hair, mo- was, you is know. Is that the most GM FaceTime you'll ever see in a in an event? I swear they showed him <laughs> yeah. 13 different times. In I the mean, game. They, they really did. Again, if I had his hair, I'd be I I'd let the hair pop a little bit, right? Instead of wearing the uh, instead of wearing the hat. Can I I need to, I need to block this. And maybe this is an Elon Musk thing. Do you guys get the Cheech and Chong ad all oh, over the, all yeah, the over gummies. the gummies yeah, yeah, all yeah. over your Twitter? Yeah. Oh yeah. You just do not interested. Get rid of it. <laughs> I have been thinking about buying to be totally honest yeah. with you. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, if I buy some of the gummies, will you leave me alone on Twitter?" Is that something you can do? Maybe that's the next show segment. We, we all try the Cheech and Chong gummies. Sure. Yeah. And, and then the rest of the show. And goes. then mayo and coffee the next morning, oh, right? Man. L- let's get more into that. I actually think this is a really relevant one that Jared says. AR played better than stats. Andy, you hundred percent. You 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 fell asleep. Whatever. Al Michaels. You know who knows. Kaylee Hartung. You fell asleep in the first quarter, and all of a sudden you look and you say 
6 of 17, 78 yards, 5 carries, 38 yards. Well, I would look at the rating and it would say 50. I'm looking at ESPN.com and I would look at the average completion and it would be 4.6. And so I don't have to imagine. I live in a world. Okay, so, um, you know, following the SEC and following Kentucky fans, Kentucky fans are waiting for Anthony Richardson to kind of fail because they beat Uh, If you remember, they went to Florida and went into the swamp and beat Anthony Richardson last year. And if you were listening to the broadcast at all last night, they were talking about after that game, Anthony Richardson like met with like a sports, uh, like like I guess a mental health, a sports psychiatrist, right? Something like that, um, where he could just like talk about, hey, there's a lot of pressure. We just lost a big game and everything else. So their fans still in college football that are looking at a guy like Anthony Richardson and they're not watching the game uh, and they're saying, wow, he's 6 of 17. I mean, look at that. He's got a rating of 50 and he averaged not even five yards per completion. I mean, Ian Book had a better uh, average per completion. Marcus Mariota had a better one. Minshew, Ellinger, basically everyone that played. uh, Oddly enough, Tanner McKee had 4.6 as well per completion. Interesting that the the guys who got the most run there. So, no, listen, I, I think it's very much like if I'm a Colts fan, I ain't worried about any of that. Uh, I, I'm just not KB. I, I'm just listen. This guy, you're gonna have to watch him. Yeah, um, I think you got to be encouraged yeah, by what you saw last night. You're thing. gonna you're gonna have to be. You know, I know we'll talk about in the nine o'clock hour. You know, it was the first time you could see a glimpse into hey, this is what this guy can do. That's different. Um, you know, a, a a a lineman comes free, he can spin out of it. There was a play when they were interviewing Kelsey for the 35 minutes of they were interviewing Kelsey last night. It reminded me of when I followed Lamar Jackson. He was kind of going towards the sideline, left side of the field on a scramble, okay? He puts his left foot in the in the dirt, all right? And he just cuts up between two defenders and he gets the first down and he doesn't get hit. And to me, those were two big plays. I'm going to watch how many... That's a great clean, point about I'm gonna, him not, not getting hit. Yeah, I mean, that's something that when you talk about... Like, RG3 did not do a good job at that. Lamar Jackson did a good job at that. Jalen Hurts last year, I think for the most part, did a good job. But, I mean, there were there were a couple plays even. The play where, I believe, was it Pittman? The ball hopped right before and Sirianni immediately threw the red challenge flag. I mean, that's a play. There's two defensive lines lineman draped on Anthony Richardson. He's not stepping into that at all, but he made a throw that was absolutely a catchable ball. It was a safe throw uh, on top of it. So Yeah, you, know, you extended a play and gave yourself a chance. Yes, he absolutely did. So those are going to be some of the things, um, quite frankly, that you're just not going to... His, his completion percentage is not going to be good this year. It's just not. Yeah, and again, it was awful Florida. You got to offset that with big plays. That, that that that's what you have to offset that with. And again, that'll be something that we'll continue to watch. I mean, you are beyond naive if you think he doesn't have obviously areas that are necessary for growth. I mean, that is, I think, uh, without question, a true statement. But he gives you something that you have to have. I, the Dane Brugler comment, I think I've said a million times, and I love it, the NFL draft analyst from The Athletic, when we had him on several times throughout this past offseason evaluating these quarterbacks, you're no longer drafting a passer. You're drafting a creator at quarterback. And DeForest Buckner said it to Kaylee Hartung last night on the sideline interview. 
he makes something out of nothing, and we haven't had that. that I'm paraphrasing a little bit. That's what Buckner yeah. said, and that's what makes defensive coordinators and defensive players in general, that's what frustrates the hell out of them. Because those are backbreaking plays. And what does that do for you mentally? You imagine defending, you know, seven, eight seconds, and all of a sudden, you know, you're plastering and you're a DB and you're trying to hold up. And now it's like, oh my gosh, they just converted a third and 12 off his scramble. That's backbreaking mentally. What does that do for you? The psychology of playing the game, staying in that, those are little things that he does. There was one play in particular I thought last night that won't necessarily show up in the box score that I really, really liked. Let's get to that. On the other side, we'll give away a fantasy football spot coming up on the pop quiz as well. It's a freebie Friday, so Jiffy Lube oil change coming your way. Nine o'clock hour wake up call. KB and Andy here, 93.5-1075. All right, one more hour to go. A little Foo Fighters to get you into the weekend. Query and Company coming up at noon. The Godfather, JMV, coming up at 3 o'clock. We got you covered. Great stuff last night uh, from everyone on the Colts game. Obviously, Colts and Eagles, we've been talking about that. Uh, as we sit here in the drivehubler.com studios, reminder as well, tonight, 7.30, my man Eddie G, he's got you, Cathedral and Brownsburg. And I believe uh, Mark and KB here have a six-pack of something. We do. Uh-huh. On this. Is, yeah. it, uh, is it a good something? Is it a, is it a craft beer something? I, I, I don't know you guys' palates as well. As I probably I'm need to. to think, Mark, in our betting history, you have tax man. I've given tax you a couple man, times. Yep, yep. That you got me that coffee beer. Ooh, yeah, that was yeah. That? Well, because I think it was supposed to be a six pack, and there was like two four packs. So I was like, well, there you go. You get two extra ones, and I saw the coffee one. I was like, that's a bit out there and a bit different. Give it, it a whirl. Was it a honestly, porter? Was it a stout? Do you remember? It, it was a porter. And okay. honestly, I don't think I've ever lost to Mark in a single bet. So I don't think I've ever had. <laughs> well, a I think card. that's not true. <laughs> You're definitely losing the baseball bet that you, Jake, and I have. Oh gosh, I know. Your Oakland A's. Stink. Yeah, yeah, that was. Jake's forgot about that probably well, now that hopefully, he's hopefully now that yes. he's Mike one hanging out uh, in the middays. Before we dive into, I have two things. Uh, the promo there said you can listen anywhere, and it you know promoted the stream and everything else, which we love. It said you can listen anywhere in the world from Indiana to Indonesia. We need to find out the furthest someone is listening to this show. Oh, we've had people in Australia. Australia? Yes. Australia, New Zealand. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. The YouTube chat. I mean, someone chime in on, on... I'm willing to guess there is probably someone in a foreign country right now. Oh, I, you know, 100%. In, in whatever, the other hemisphere that is listening. There is someone in a different hemisphere listening right now. What time is it right now over in Dublin where your Notre Dame team is? Do you have any idea? Five ahead? Six ahead? Is that what it is? Did you see okay. the Dan Patrick show is over there this week? I did see that. Yeah. It's him 2.03 his, in the afternoon right now. Are his nine producers over there with him? So five, five ahead. <laughs> do they all get to make... Do the nine they producers, do they Will, get to make the trip as well? Will Ferrell was there as well. Uh, we talked about this in the open, Andy. I thought a play last night that just stood out to me more yep. than anything with Richardson you know again first drive he misses that throw on second down you get behind the chains Quentin Nelson inexcusable back-to-back penalties boom three and out how do you respond you come back you go touchdown drive touchdown drive Uh, on the first touchdown drive he threw back-to-back passes Uh, they might have been one play in between but the ball to Pittman the ball to Drew Ogletree over the middle great throws because those are throws he struggles with those are the ones that matter to me more than the than the deep ball because the deep ball I'm like nah He's got that. But I want to go to the um, uh, the field goal drive 
from last night. This is kind of like middle of the second quarter. The Colts are in a third and 11. That it's on was, TV right now. The play's being shown right now. Really? Like, literally, right above your left shoulder was right there. The third and 11 with six and a half minutes to go where he spins out of the tackle. There He's it got is. a linebacker, <laughs> a free rusher, and how many, I cannot tell you how many times last season the Colts had free rushers in their face, whether that's due to incompetent offensive line play, miscommunication in the protection scheme, whatever. And they never took advantage of that. And typically, when you have a free rusher, they bring an extra. That is an opportunity for you to make a play as an offense. And so at that moment, a third and 11 from the Philly 28. So if you're looking at an incompletion there, Andy, you're looking at what, a 46-yard yeah, field 45, goal? Yeah, 45-46 yard field goal. Yep. So that's, I mean, outdoors, that's no gimme. Certainly with not how the Colts have you know handled their kicking situation. Granted, maybe that'll change this year. And if you take a sack there... You might be trotting Rigoberto Sanchez out there to punt the ball away. And in that moment, he spins out of that with a linebacker. Not a defensive lineman, a linebacker breaking down right there to make a play. He spins out for a five-yard scramble. Uh, to your point that you made on the previous uh, side, which I thought was a great one, if I'm not mistaken, he scrambled out of bounds, so he didn't take a hit either. And it goes down to the box score as a five-yard carry. So no one is going to note that, you know, whoop-de-doo, who cares about that? But now it's 4th and 6 from the 23. So instead of 4th and 21 at the 38, and you have a decision to make with a 56-yard field goal, possible turnover, you've created 4th and 6 from the 23. Lucas Haversick, 41-yard field goal, good. In a league defined by parity, three points is a huge, huge deal in that situation. So, again, 6 of 17, poor passer rating. Yes, there are areas where he unquestionably has to improve. But those are the plays that why you drafted him. Creator, not a passer. DeForest Buckner, on the sideline to Kaylee Hartung. Turn negative into a positive. That's what he did on that play and it turned out to be three points. You know what's interesting to me? And by the way, I think it's Ben Van Sumeren is who the uh, number 57 there for the Eagles that he broke the tackle from. That's a fake name he um, just made up. Well, I, I mean, I'm looking at Eagles.com, so it could be, but I'll blame them, those nasty <laughs> Eagles and everybody else. You know what I'm interested with Anthony Richardson is when does he get, when does he get the treatment that uh, and this will happen at some point this year. When does the narrative on his completion percentage maybe change? And I know we're getting too far ahead of ourselves, but right now, would you, I mean, you would admit this, that Anthony Richardson is a praised player in this offseason, right? He is, and I think part of it is just to do with what we had to watch last year. Yeah, I, but I, I mean, mean even nationally. nationally I mean, Kirk, sure. Kirk, yeah. Kirk Street and everyone that talks right. about him talks glowingly about him knowing that there are going to be accuracy issues, knowing that it might not reap uh, a ton of wins this season. I just, the reason I bring it up is... Him, you think it has to do with the combine? Well, him, yes, but it's him being a mystery. The more we, this is just a theory, KB, the more we know about some of these guys, the more we pick them apart. When I find 
follow Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's been picked apart, KB. Uh, I mean, even before he got into the entire contract situation, it was he's not accurate enough. He's too much of a running quarterback and all these things. I don't know what it is with Anthony Richardson. He's not getting any of that. And of course, he didn't win the Heisman in college and he didn't play three years, um, you know, in college. And so we don't know about him, even though we played 13 games and we've seen, what is it? Is it 60 reps? Did he get maybe now in the yeah, two preseason? Is that what it is? Yeah. is I uh-huh. knew it was 59 or 60 right around there, given he had, what, 37 last night and everything. He's getting the... He is getting the extreme benefit of the doubt right now is Anthony Richardson that even if he has a sketchy completion percentage, the conversation is going to be about the things we're talking about. And nationally, you know, we have the NFL Network on right now. I mean, they're showing those plays. They're showing the dime on the left side, the crossing route, the deep cross, whatever it was. To um, It was a Granson. Yeah, Granson. Yeah, yeah, it was. Granson who caught that. It's been the play you're mentioning a third and 11 you go get four five six yards suddenly it's an easier field goal you're not getting sacked you're not throwing an interception you're not making that mistake and you know I mean he had a couple balls that probably could have been picked if Darius Slay uh, is playing or something or Bradbury or somebody like that although Bradbury's a little overrated we can dive into that at some point but I I mean for me he's he's a guy that is getting that benefit of the doubt and that uh, that that excitement and not everyone's gonna get you know if Bryce Young has a 46 percent completion percentage he ain't gonna get that he's not well and Bryce Young's forte is not to do as much with his legs that I think Richardson has shown I mean Bryce Young can make some plays but I think he's a passer first and Richardson obviously you want him to get to that at some point but it's probably a little bit more split at this point just in his ability to create um to your point though Andy I do think at some point you are going to get to yeah, the narrative has to change where obviously you're not going to be facing the nine series of backups that he's faced throughout the preseason. The Colts are going to game plan, but so are other teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, right now, if you're playing the Colts, don't you just look at those receivers and say, let's press man them across the board and spy Anthony Richardson? Basically, I mean, Alec yeah. Pierce has not proven to be able to create separation for you at a high level. Michael Pittman, as much as I think he gives you something, you're still going to put your top corner and probably safety over top and say win. And then, you know, Josh Downs is going to have to prove to win consistently. He's going to have to catch the ball that he dropped. Are you surprised Pittman level. came back? <laughs> well, but Pittman's crazy, man. He, I, I've said this a million times about Pittman. There's no USC pretty boy in him. There is no USC. Per- Did you watch how he went after that fumble? Oh yeah, he yeah. treated that fumble like it was fourth down of the Super Bowl. Well, that's what you do, baby. You got to get that. You got to get on the ground. It's one thing if you like lost that fumble, <laughs> and I feel like you just have kind of that innate where you're like, I've got to get that back. But he didn't even lose it. I think a lot of people thought it was an incompletion. He's down there wrestling with alligators there. Uh, shout out to Yoel. Did I see Israel in the YouTube yeah, chat? I was going to say Toronto and Israel were the two that popped up. Derek texted me, okay. said he was tuning in from Barcelona. Barcelona? I mean, how about that? That's nice. You ever been to Toronto? I, I have not. Toronto. Yeah, no. It's a nice city. You've been, Mark? Will you look yeah. up the time in Israel right now? Toronto is a very fun city. I would love to go back. 
Uh, what time is it time in, is in Israel? Israel? What time in Israel? Let's look at I guess like 4 p.m., 5 4.11 p.m. Look oh, at you, Kev. Look at that. Uh, you had to know that. Did I, you look that up? Did you just I, randomly guess that it was 4 o'clock in I, Israel? I, I, I That was like the most Jake Quarry <laughs> thing I've probably ever done. But no, I, yeah, that was your guess. I mean, I thought on a map in, in, in Dublin, if it's 2, you, you know where Israel is on a map. You probably think it's a couple time zones further. Well, the, the, the than, majority of people map. listing just don't know where Israel is on a map. Geography is about the only thing I can do. <laughs> is it? You're a geography guy. Yeah, I am. Really? Yeah. Okay. Big what's the, map. What's the continent that gives you the most trouble when you have, like if they like give you a blank map? Like fill up, fill out all the countries. I would oh, love it's to probably see. just kind of like it's guess it's not a continent, but it is probably like that Middle East area. We did like a you know know your countries and capitals back in the day, and mm-hmm. I screwed up Azerbaijan and whatever the one is next to it. <laughs> it kind of sounds like that too. Is Georgia around there? Yeah. Isn't that where Goga's from? Uh huh. Goga Batadze. Yeah. He might does, be back there. Does now. that name ring a bell to you, Andy? At all Goga Batadze? Uh, who should? Uh, no. Should I know who that is? Help me it, here. It I just, apologize. It just defines how big of a bust he's been. That that uh, he was a Pacers first round pick about oh, a handful okay, of years ago. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I apologize. No, of course. It, again, I I say that to say that shows you how big of a bust he is. Uh, a world map. Uh, I would love to throw one of those up and see how how well you could do there. Uh, I would not like to see myself do that. I would like to throw that on somebody else and make somebody else feel uncomfortable with all of that. Doesn't like Jimmy Fallon is he still on TV? Yeah. Or who's the who's the oh goodness uh, Jimmy Kimmel? Doesn't Kimmel do that? Where they Does just he? take out where they take out like an American or they take out like uh, I mean I don't know the, the United States and they say you know is this you know which state is this and nobody knows where any of the the states. Are. Are. You know, yeah. no one knows where anywhere you know, other than Texas and Florida and New York. Nobody knows anything. I mean, there are certainly some people that are like, yeah, Maddie Bone being one of them. She would have no issue in me saying that where, you know, geography or map standpoint, not necessarily a strong suit. But I don't know. There's something about it that I just love. I, I love to know where I, I love college towns. Are you a college town guy? Oh, he's not a college town guy. Yeah. yeah. I dated a girl in Bloomington for a while. Really? So yeah, I have I've spent some I've spent some party nights on Bloomington. Was it Kirkwood? Oh. I've been there. Do you know you oh, damn right? Sure, sure. okay. I can All see right. I can see an Indiana Bloomington night in my future. There and you I, go. And I say that with a kid on the way that probably say, will not get that happen. Done before, uh, when is our due date again? Uh we're a couple months away. Yeah. We're now inside two months away. Yeah. <laughs> Like seven weeks, something like yeah. eight weeks, something well, like enjoy that. Enjoy it while you can, you, my you, friend. You've kind of had your own baby moon just being up here by yourself and going to the Chatham Tap and Giacomo's. And... Yes, no, I'm living the bachelor life right now. There's absolutely no doubt about it. Uh, I thought the tight end group, Andy, last night, I thought that was a group that had some pretty good moments, whether it was the pass to Grants and, like you mentioned, Drew Ogletree's running catch. I thought Will Mallory, the fifth-round pick out of Miami, who has struggled to stay on the field here this offseason, he had some moments as well. And I'll go back to something that I brought up in the opening segment. I think one of the more disappointing aspects to this first offseason um for the drafted corners for the Colts, Juju Brents the Warren proj- uh, product again in street clothes last night, and so was fifth round pick Darius Rush. Andy, I know you weren't here in April when the Colts drafted those two corners, and you looked on the depth chart, and the Isaiah Rogers news ended up coming out a few months later. It was like, man, golden opportunities for playing time. Oh yeah, those guys are going. You think they're going to start or they're going to play a ton? Sure, sure. And injuries have. Absolutely, des- particularly Brents, have just decimated any opportunity that they have had to try and earn whatever playing time, coaches' trust, etc. When week one gets here, September 10th with Jacksonville, we know Kenny Moore is going to be a corner every snap. 
the other two corners on the field when they go to their nickel package will be Dallas Flowers and Daryl Baker Jr., who were peppered with targets last night. I thought they had more good than bad. Granted, I agree with you. Again, yeah. it is Philadelphia's backups, but I thought it was more good than bad. Uh, Daryl Baker Jr. never played a defensive snap in the NFL. Dallas Flowers, he didn't play a defensive snap in the NFL till week, I think it was week 14, maybe 15 of last season. So you are going to have an extremely extremely young cornerback duo and you still got a second year safety and Rodney Thomas back there so uh, that is I would say a, a disappointing aspect to this rookie draft class has just been more health than anything I'm not saying Brents and Rush can't play it's that they just haven't been out there to earn any sort of consistent trust would would you mention those two positions would would Jelani Woods and then you throw Brents in there, would those be the two guys that it's frustrating the most that you're not getting to see? I, I mean, for you, I mean, outs, outside of Jonathan Taylor and all of that mess. I'll toss Jelani Woods in there, too. Okay, Yeah, but that's why I said Jelani Woods oh, and Brents. Would I, those be the two guys if you look at corner and tight end? Yeah, I thought you said Brents and Rush for a second there. Um, Yeah, I, I, I would go there. I'm trying to think of a, a, another one that you know I'd throw in there. Obviously, DeForest Buckner got back in the lineup last night. Kenny Moore's back. Julian Blackman, I thought, had a few I mean, moments. Le- Leonard he would be there up. with injuries. Yeah, 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 I mean, he, yeah. he would be probably yeah, he would you. be he would be number one. Leonard would be number one. He's a vet. But if you're talking about young guys that you're looking at upside, I know Jelani Woods is not a is not a rookie, and Brents is. But Brents, you draft him high. You want a guy to play, <laughs> right? You want you want him to be able to play somewhere yeah. immediately. And Jelani Woods is that freak because I don't know. Like I feel like I don't like they have nice pieces at tight end, but. I, Who's who's like someone's got to separate themselves, right? Just a little bit there, and they have a lot of nice options. Who's the who's the option that's nicer than nice? Yeah, and we've seen in this market what tight ends have done for early quarterbacks, whether it was you know Ken Delger, Marcus Pollard for Peyton Manning, or whether it was Dwayne Allen, and at times he was very inconsistent, but you know, Kobe Fleener as well early in that luck tenure. So that is a position group to watch. But yeah, I'll go back to Leonard. And again, it didn't sound like Leonard made the trip to Philadelphia. Again, the practice schedule for the Colts now upcoming. Uh, Sunday, Wednesday, Thursday. That's what the next week looks like for the Colts in terms of practice. So obviously you're going to watch, okay, when does Leonard get back? Okay, when does Taylor get back? Again, when does Jelani Woods get back? Because... Andy, what sixteen days? Is that what it is? I mean, it's. I mean, yeah, you're I coming mean, two up to weeks go, it's from go time. Sunday. It's so, go time. Yeah, you know, obviously Taylor speaks for itself. He's missed ten months now, nine nine months. You know, Ta- uh, Leonard. You know, if a concussion starts lingering two weeks, I mean, th- that's worrisome. Jelani Woods, I, I feel like he's missed about a month. So that would be something um, to worry about as well. I know Jerry's been hanging in here for a little bit. Jerry, if I'm not mistaken, Mark, you said not a fan of Anthony Richardson's passing? Didn't sound like it. Let's Uh, see if he's changed his tune in the 90 minutes he's been on hold. Jerry, apologize for uh, for keeping you waiting, man. How you doing? Hey, it's all good. Thanks. Hey, um, my thing with Anthony Richardson is I think we all have have these rose-colored glasses with him. Every play you anticipate something extraordinary happening especially with that arm strength. But I think that arm strength comes in to be a detriment to him because all I ever see him throw is a fastball when he should have some touch on it. I don't see him being able to make anticipatory anticipatory throws, and his accuracy is just horrible. I really want this guy to be successful, but, man, in five years, he's either going to be a great quarterback or he's going to be baby Jordan. He's going to be Harold Minor. Awesome at the slam dunk competition, but nothing else. 
I didn't think we get a Harold Miner here on a Friday. Is Anthony Richardson the next Harold Miner? 239-1070. Jerry, again, apologize for keeping you waiting that long. I think it's in totally fair point Jerry brings up there. And I've mentioned this before in watching him in training camp, Andy. When do you throw it 86 miles per hour? When do you throw it 98 miles per hour? When do you have the touch? You know, to Jerry's point about touch, Richardson's touch is on display when he's going down the field. It's a beautiful high arcing, very often on target ball. Those are the beautiful throws. It's the ones over the middle where I don't know, Andy, if like those windows he knows are are, are closing very quickly and 98 is what he feels comfortable with and he just has to rifle it in there. That's going to be, I think, the, the, the hardest aspect to his rookie season and arguably his NFL um, development of when do you dial it back, throwing balls in stride over the middle, those sorts of things. Um, you don't need it to be perfect, but you obviously need it to be a little bit better than we've seen so far. So you stay out of third and ten on the opening drive. Yes, Quentin Nelson shouldn't have back-to-back penalties at all. But the second down simple throw to get you to third and five, that needs to be made so you don't expose your offensive line like you did there. I think there's two things. And listen, I understand what Jerry is saying. I, you know, even you know, starting this show with you, it has been one of those things where it's like, how much do, do you want? want to club the team over the head, KB. And I just feel like with this Colts team, I don't disagree with Jerry, but with with having a couple of the quarterbacks that the Colts have had in the last couple years, especially with what the fan base went through last year with uh, a, a, a Matt Ryan who at the, that point had completely eroded, who yeah, offers yeah, who yeah. offered zero mobility, who could not move. I, I can understand why the fans are, and this is why I brought it up. What was it ten minutes ago? Is at what point does it go from okay, he's making exciting plays to he needs to be better? At some point, this season, we're going to look at each other and we're going to know, KB, if he has got better or if okay, we're six, seven games in and some of the passes that he's missing, he's still missing. If we're a month and a half, whatever it may be, into the season. What I go back to is, I imagine this, okay? If you're Steichen, you take him because of the athletic ability because he can throw that fastball because of just all of the attributes. The stuff you can't teach. Yeah, the attributes that he has. It's up to the coaching staff to to show him and to teach him and to help coach him into those easy things. And that's one reason why I have believed in Anthony Richardson is the things you have to clean up are the coachable things. Well, and I think that matters. And also, Andy, I don't think we saw last night, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but in the 17 pass attempts, I can't recall any like simple wide receiver quick screens or just those like extended handoffs. We saw those in Buffalo. Yeah, you saw a little bit more of that in Buffalo. You know, obviously those will be part of the game plan to try and get you into the manageable situations there. Keep the playbook open. So Jerry's point is, I think, beyond a fair one to make. And it's going to be the key evaluation point with, with Richardson because... The big play so far, and the Pierce drop contributed to this in the Buffalo game, the big play passing game is yet to enter the picture in these game settings. Again, I brought up the yards per attempt. 
earlier in the show, 5.2 is frankly an unacceptable number. And But, you know, it's a preseason. I'm not going to overreact by any means to that. But that number, you can live with 55, 60% if he's throwing a 30-yarder at you, if he's throwing a you know 26-yarder at you. Those are the things that can help you offset the lack of a completion percentage. There's no doubt when we get into the season, whether it's a screen pass to a running back, whether it's something easy like that, a little... You know, tight end pops out and is able to, you know, catch something. They need to create easy plays. Whether, you know, we saw like the the quick hitters to downs, you know, things like that. We have seen those in the Buffalo game. We saw that in the Buffalo game. We saw those in some of the practices. I, I do think, you know, last night they didn't have a lot of easy throws for him and how they incorporate those. They'll need to do that as they go. I mean, they have a couple guys that can take a little hitch around and do something with it. I mean, McKenzie can do that, right? I mean, Hole can probably do that. Uh, I would, and, and obviously Josh Downs, if he's catching the ball, he can do that. We know that. Freebie Friday for the Pop Quiz. That's coming up in five minutes. Mark Dykton, spot number what in the Fantasy oh, League? Oh, let me pull it up. I think we're getting... we got to be close to three, 10, right? I think we got three spots left. Let me, let me double check real quick. Okay, we will give away a spot in our Fantasy Football League with a draft coming at 9 a.m. in that first week leading into... The season opener, so we'll We've give away another spot. Nine spots given away so far, so three remaining. We're doing three to go. Team okay, so that'll leave us two heading into next week. So if mm-hmm. you want to be in our fantasy league, you want a free oil change. 317-239-1070 for the pop quiz. I ask you politely, Andy Sweeney, to end the week on a nice note. Do we have to play the Diamondbacks audio? No, we don't have to. to. We can do down. we can do a check down with uh with the Reds and leave it off. Thank, Thank, you. Thank you. The Sorry, morning you check down. On 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. And a fly ball to right. Pretty well. Back of the warning track at the wall. It's gone. Unbelievable. Carroll did it. A two-run shot. And he's given the Diamondbacks a lead 3-2. His first home run since July 23rd, 99 bats ago. And Carroll hits his 22nd of the year. Hope your bubble guts continue today, Mark. How, how many years have we been doing this show together, Kev, and you didn't ask the guy who's running the audio if we should play that you or not? Listen to I took your, a slight to that. You need to I, listen to your host who's queuing up this nope, audio. Nope, I took that as a Does slight. Does not go rogue like that. Listen, if if you can't hear Corbin Carroll sound at 930, what are we doing here on the check down? Why even have the check down, KB? But yes, the Reds losers last night, 3-2. Uh, so right now, where they sit, the Phillies and the the Cubs and Diamondbacks and Giants all ahead of the Reds, but the Giants and uh, in Reds just one game difference there uh, in the win column. The Marlins drop to two behind Indianapolis Indians. A big win last night, ten to nine. Swoosh time, Mark. Swoosh. Do you think there's three listeners out there Swoosh. that can name three Arizona no. Diamondbacks? No. No, I mean, should I know Corbin? No, I said, I, I said earlier, whoever Corbin is, he's a rookie. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I, can't. I mean, uh, do not know much Luis about Luis Gonzalez. I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> Luis Gonzalez. <laughs> you know, that's over a decade old reference. Yeah, I know zero Diamondbacks. Uh, other things of note from a local standpoint. Obviously, the high school football scene certainly check the time. 
uh, if it's been changed heading into tonight. A lot of games move to 7.30 and 8 o'clock here locally on our airwaves. It's a great matchup. Cathedral and Brownsburg. Mark and I have got a nice money line bet on that because we are degenerates. Uh, again, 7.30 kick for Eddie Garrison and Jim Leisure with that one. We've got an oval race for the IndyCar schedule getting back underway. I think three races to go in the IndyCar season. Um, a lot of people I know make the trip over I-70 to just the east side of St. Louis there to check out Gateway technically in Illinois for a uh, Joseph Newgarden really dominated oval season. We'll see if he can continue to keep that up. And the Fever, they got a nice win last night as uh, Kelsey Mitchell was at 36 she had. I think that was right for her. Uh, Big night for Kelsey Mitchell. Yeah, 36 points, a 90-86 win over the Seattle Storm. Tommy Pham and Longoria are both on that team. So there you go. Evan the, Longoria? The, yes, Evan Longoria is on that team. He's still around, uh, as is Tommy Pham. Uh, last one for me, or I guess two more for me. Steelers winners last night, 24 nothing. We talked about that. Did you guys see, by any chance, what Jim Harbaugh did? Now, Harbaugh is suspended yeah, for the first three games. he's named 13 interim coaches, right? Yes, he's uh, his assistant coaches are all going to get a shot at being a head coach. So in the East Carolina the mighty Michigan-East Carolina game coming up in a couple weeks. Jesse Minter will be the acting head coach in the UNLV game. He's going to split it up. Jay Harbaugh gets the first half against UNLV. Mike Hart, the former running back there, the great one, he gets the second half. And then Sharon Moore gets the entire game against Bowling Green. I followed him in the ACC. He's an up and riser. He got in trouble. He's going to get in trouble too, by the way. Possibly go wrong with that layout. No, but here's the best part. His dad, Jack Harbaugh, is is an assistant head coach along with Ben Herbert, who's the strength guy. What are we doing here? Uh, like, okay, and they things. made a graphic about it, too. I, I, I saw the graphic. First off, it's the most Harbaugh thing I've ever seen. Second, if you're going to name 13 people, including your father, to be a coach, why the hell is Tom Crean not not coaching one Listen, of those halves. I'm with Get you. Get your brother-in-law in there. I'm with you. Let's Listen, go. I'm I, with Tom Crean. You imagine Tom Crean on the sidelines of the big house? That energy? I, listen, I'm drinking I, his lift off. I'm <laughs> I'm all about some Tommy Crean. That's what John Calipari called him, Tommy. So give me that schedule. East Carolina, UNLV, and Bowling and Green. And Bowling Green. Those I mean, are the three games. If you're John Harbaugh, you just or uh, Jim Harbaugh, you just got to be like, this is great. I can go play great golf courses for the month of September. Oh, you know he's not thinking Enjoy- that. I, you know these football coaches. You know he's going to be khakis insane. Properly fitting? You know he's going to be insane. Didn't he get his khakis at Walmart, but now he's up that. Wasn't that the thing like five years ago when the khakis became a thing? That he got them somewhere like right. Walmart or Target or just somewhere where the common man would get khakis and not somewhere like, you know, like Express Men. I'm trying to think of something Was he going nice. Old Navy? I go Old Navy because they run big. I need all the room, mostly in the ass. <laughs> I can, I can Boy, get it. Dude, I'm pulling that sound later. Like, go ahead man. and pull that sound. Andy, sweet. Now, now you're turning to Jake Query. Friday at 9 oh, o'clock is usually when it goes is that off when, the rails. Is that when he let loose? No. Some might say Monday at 7, but certainly Friday at 9 o'clock. Uh, mercifully, we're going to go to the pop quiz next. Again, freebie Friday spot in the Fantasy Football League. 317-239-1070. I would agree with you, yes. Yes. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Yeah, like I know, like, I mean, especially number one, number, uh, number, number three, number five. Yeah. yeah, I don't have number two making the team. You don't have number two making the team? No. I don't either. That's just me. Uh, All right, Andy. uh, Number one through eight for spot number 10. All right, I think I've done, uh, what, two, three, four, and like six. So let's do number five. Is that okay with you, Mark? Is five okay? Yeah. Okay, so we have two Bens. Ben number two is the one that gets it. So Ben number two. Welcome to the show, Ben number two. How are you? Say, say hello. Ben, what's up, man? Hello, Ben. Oh, no. Is he botching this? Boy. Yeah, I think I think he botched it. Let's Two. move on. Let's move to Ben number one. Did we go Ben one? Or, I think we go Ben one, yeah. Ben. Has the name been ruined? Hey, Ben. Morning, fellas. How are we doing? Oh, there, there he goes. Is. Listen, he gets the oil change. He's hanging on. He's listening. Ben, were him. you yelling on hold when we had Ben two on? Like, you got to get to Ben one. I, I'm over here talking, thinking I'm, you know, second place. <laughs> but here I am, number one. <laughs> I'll take it. Ben, welcome to our fantasy football league. Do you have a good fantasy football name or a a strong track record in fantasy football? Uh, I do, and I actually, this is uh, the first year I was going to skip. So I appreciate having the opportunity to maybe uh, keep my record going. We just pull you back in. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, who, number one, who's skipping? And number two, I've told myself that uh, I'm not going to do a league or I'm not going to do as many leagues, and I end up in four leagues. So anytime someone scores a touchdown, I'm winning points and I'm losing points all at the same time. Why, why are we going to skip? I just, personal reasons some of the uh, leagues i was in uh health issues so decided to let everybody focus on what they need to focus on well now you're back in so sorry i hope everything is good on that front here ben i think it's a very doable pop quiz again it's freebie friday so diffy lube oil change along with your spot in the fantasy league uh andy sweeney you want to start it off yeah let's go number one ben let's fire away the colts beat the eagles 27 13 last night to wrap up the preseason who was the leading rusher in last night's game was it a evan hall b trey sermon c anthony richardson d jake funk it's a great name by the way jake funk you know, I, I'll be honest with you, I turned you guys on real late and did watch the game last night. I got to go with Fun, just because of the name. All right, Ben, number two here. Let's go back to Hall. You're going to go back to Hall? Maybe yeah. a third time. You want to try it again? Yeah. How about a third one? Uh, C. Okay. C? <laughs> I love Mark just goes, okay. Yeah. Okay. Third time's a okay. All right, Ben. Hopefully the fan- yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Hopefully the fantasy football draft is going better than the start to this. Okay, number two. Who had the only touchdown reception in last night's game? Okay, the only touchdown reception in last night's game. Was it jersey number wearing 38 or whatever, Dion? Oh, no. He dropped off. Unbelievable. Is he out of the league? Well, the Bens did a terrible job. Unbelievable. This is a poor representation it's a disaster. of Ben. Ben number two didn't answer, okay? He wasn't paying attention, and Ben number one botched it. I mean, he got nervous, didn't he? Get your damn ass You know what? Together. This is what can happen with the pop quiz, Andy. It, it can be an utter disaster. Mark, uh... Um, let me... Wait, yeah, someone's called... Let me see if that's Ben. Hold on. Do we give him a second chance? I don't 
Well, I mean, if he got embarrassed that he missed number one, okay, and he went with Jake Funk leading uh, uh, all rushers last night. I'm over by Eagle Creek. I'm barely getting service. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, come on. You got to get, yeah, number one's easy. Number two and number three are easy. Uh, Are we going back to him? I don't know. This This is an interesting call from... From Mark. I'm going to let you make the decision here, KB. From, do you want to go to Ben Mark. 1 or do you want to just boot it and no, go to somebody is, else? The problem is Ben number 1 never called back. Phone lines right. are lit. Nah, he's, so he's gone. He's Mark, done. He's Mark, done. Mark, pick somebody. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go fast fingers. I'm going to go Cliff. Cliff! I'm here. Cliff, dear Lord, we've never needed Cliff, somebody to show up thank and deliver God you're more here. Our Stay wherever, whatever position you're at, do not move. Your signal is strong. Don't move. Cliff, where are you at right now? Where in the city are you? Are you around Indianapolis? I'm on 96th Street between Indianapolis and Carmel. I'm all right, there we go. Around. All right, all right. Do not move. Shorty's Golf Course used to be there. RIP. All right, Cliff, <laughs> right now, congrats on the Fantasy League. The only touchdown reception in last night's game. Who had it? Deion Kane, Will Mallory, Freddie Swain, remember Freddie Mitchell, or Kenyon mm-hmm. Drake? I'm going to go Deion Kane. I do not have this player making the Colts roster. Yeah, I don't either. No. I think we're, I think we're in agreement oh, there. It was Will Mallory. It was Will Mallory. Question number three. Should we be welcoming him in the uh, fantasy league? Cliff, I think we should get through the five guys, questions if first. If Cliff can get through all five, Come that's on, all Cliff. that matters. Uh, well, do we know, need to go back to number one or no, do you just want to no, keep going? Just, I'm with you. Please. Let's not effort. go backwards. Uh, the college football. Was the answer number one. There you go. The college football season gets underway tomorrow. KB and many Irish fans cannot wait. Who won? This is an easy one. Come on. Who won the Heisman Trophy last season? Was it A, Bryce Young, B, Max Duggan, uh, C, Caleb Williams, Williams D. Bajan Robinson. Caleb Williams. There you go. That, Cliff. All right, number four here, Cliff. Notre Dame Navy tomorrow in Dublin. The Irish have dominated the series, going 81 13 1 all time against the midshipmen. Notre Dame also owns the longest winning streak against one opponent in college football history, and it came against Navy. How many games in a row did Notre Dame defeat Navy until the fighting Charlie Weisses just peed down their leg? Uh, 40, 43, 46, 49. Oh, boy. I'll go with 43. Okay. Hey, I'm going go going down the leg man. is what this quiz has done today. All right, Cliff <laughs> is resurrecting it right here. I remember Charlie Weiss. Remember, decided schematic advantage. Yeah, That's what he said yeah. when he took the job at Notre Dame. Funny how that happens. Uh, I have this guy's autograph, Cornelius Bennett. How about that? Look at that. Uh, happy 58th birthday to former Colts linebacker Cornelius Bennett. Bennett played the first nine years of his career with the Bills before moving on to Atlanta for three seasons and closing out his career, of course, with two seasons in Indy. Name the team that originally drafted Bennett. Who drafted him? Oh, no multiple choice. No, it's uh, no multiple choice. He held he held out, then his rights were shipped. I think this is an easy uh, one. Scotty, this is, is easy for number five. Uh Alright, then I'll just I'll go with somebody that's crappy. I'll I'll go with the Jaguars. I mean, guys, expectations have got to be low here, okay? Listen, I kind of want to eliminate Cliff altogether, too, now with the Jacksonville answer. Cliff saved us. He had good sound quality. He did. He's in Carmel. And honestly, those are baby steps right now. 
okay, one was Richardson, not Jake that Funk, not Evan Three and four, you got right. Uh, C, uh, Correcto. Legit. Brown, Caleb Williams, Brown. Notre Dame's win streak was 43. Two, he went with Will Mallory. That answer was Kenyon Drake. And number five, Andy Sweeney. Uh, yeah, the Colts took him, and then they shipped him to Buffalo. Of course, yeah, Scotty put on the board, and that's what I was saying. The Jags didn't exist. That, that's why. That's kind of wanted to. You know, if I we, yeah, if, that if is we a could, good point. If the Bens didn't screw us up at the beginning of that, we probably have to ban Cliff for the Jacksonville Jaguars answer. In my opinion, that sucked. <laughs> Again, the, the, when <laughs> the Bens set such a low bar, then Cliff Cliff could not have entered the pop quiz at a better time. Yes, he really did. It's a, you know what? Life's all about timing, KB. And it was for Cliff. Cliff, thank you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Fantasy League spots left. Send a Jiffy Lube oil change going Cliff's way. We'll do it one final time here this week. The wake-up call, KB and Andy. All right, last segment, we'll get you into the weekend. You heard Jake there. He'll be on at noon. JMV coming up, uh, coming up your way at 3 o'clock. Uh, appreciate everyone listening this week. For me, first week of the show, uh, it's like uh, it's like learning how to walk again, riding a bike again, and doing everything. So, uh, KB, I appreciate you. Mark, I appreciate you. A, g- a good little start for us here on The Fan. I'm excited. I, I am as well. Um, you know, usually, again, Fridays at 10, it's head to this nearest pub for me and, you know, try to get myself back in a normal line of thinking, having to deal with the old co-host here. But uh, I'm excited. I'm excited about it going forward. Uh, obviously, you walked into a pretty nice week from a topic standpoint. Hey, there's things going on. And next week, we're going to be in here talking cuts, obviously, getting even a couple days closer uh, to the start of the NFL season. And then, I mean, you, you have a hunch, don't you, that we're going to be talking about Jonathan Taylor quite a bit, whether it's him being on the team, uh, his injury situation or him not being on the team and us talking about him going to Miami or Denver. Good God, please not the Dallas Cowboys or someone like that. So uh, next week, there's going to be tons to talk about as those roster cuts, Jonathan Taylor, that situation uh, and everything else. Reminder coming up tonight, Cathedral Brownsburg will have that game coming up at 7.30. I wanted to throw something your way. I don't know how interested you guys are in this, but there's always, and I know locally, um, we have the dispute, how are you going to be watching NFL games and uh, with all the different streaming services and cable and just all the things uh, in television. Uh, Sports Business Journal within the last hour, and I did see some stuff on this last night, that Amazon is in early talks with Disney about helping ESPN create their new streaming uh, partnership. And ESPN's been saying, hey, uh, you're going to have to pay a lot more money if you want to be consuming all of the ESPN stuff. Uh, They're reporting here ESPN's considering charging between $20 and $35 a month for their new streaming service. And this is always the battle. You know, it, it used to be you go streaming because it was a lot cheaper, right? And now it's not a lot cheaper. So, yeah, you know, you could be looking at, okay, is there going to be a migration back to cable? How is that going to look? So would ESPN still be linear available? Like well, still in the normal I, cable I, I mean, I, I don't know. It, well, does A... That'd be quite the change. A, a does that number go up? Uh, I, I think that would be it. And B, you know, if you cut the cord and, you know... you 
got Paramount that's out there. You have Amazon that's out there. You have Apple that's out there. You have all these different ones. Uh, and then your internet may cost more because you're not bundling it, right? You're not bundling it with anything. And then if they throw a $30 price tag on the ESPN, I mean, that's going to change the way people consume all of this for sure. Yeah, certainly. And I was a little confused last night. I mean, I guess Herb Street, it's a crossover with ESPN and Amazon with him. But like, you know, when they had McAfee, like, show up in the booth. I mean, it's it seemed pretty organic, just like, you know, Al Michaels calling McAfee over there when he came into the booth. Because, you know, what you saw last night was Jason Kelsey, the star of the first half, yeah, because yeah. he's got his whatever, his yeah. documentary or Which, by the way, did you, did you see the teaser on that? I did not, uh, no. not It does not look interesting whatsoever. Zero percent chance I watch that. And you said, by the way, you said that the Florida documentary was just... Oh. L- there's well, so many there's so awful. many things that are left out. Okay, so I'm in a bad spot here because I've watched some of it, but I'm like, now that I know it's being widely crucified, it's being crushed, what do I do? And that's been the way with the Netflix. What is it? Harry and Megan, they did one on them, uh, and they did one on Johnny Manziel, and now this one and the Jerry Jones one. They're puff pieces. So it's how great is... of a leader Urban Meyer was. So I would say, I, we've watched all four, I would say it's very entertaining and it's nice, like nice dose of like nostalgia to relive those Florida days. But they leave a ton out. There's one mention of Aaron Hernandez. Yeah. There's no mention of the Pouncey Twins. Yeah. There's no mention of Cam Newton. The well, 2010 no of season. Urban Myers. Yeah. Heart condition. There's all this. There's a whole lot of stuff they left out. So if you want to just go down nostalgia lane, it's a very entertaining watch for four episodes. But there's a lot of if you're looking for the quote unquote untold story, they left a lot out of there. Guys, that's disappointing to hear. I was looking forward to watching that. I still think I still say you watch it, but just go in knowing there's not going to be as much dirt on everything. Yeah, it has football through. stuff. Like it has the guys working out and Tim Tebow's pumping people up, and it's you know football porn in that way that it's like okay, that's cool, but it's not it's not the story when you leave out guys like Hernandez and you leave out uh, the Pouncy Twins and and you know some well, of the I mean, Urban Urban's Meyer. A very complicated individual. There's a lot uh, more uh, to Urban course, than just. Of course, he is a hell of a collegiate football. Now, coach. did you see? Have you guys seen? at all the Bishop Sycamore yeah, documentary. Yeah, on this. That's okay. the next one I want to watch. Yeah, but so that's not a Netflix one, so there's a chance. If you guys remember a couple years ago, Bishop Sycamore was ba- was the was the fake was the fake school that got on ESPN and was yeah, losing like 60 to nothing story. on it. Yeah. <laughs> Played five games in a week or something. Yeah, and I forget the I forget the guy who was over it, but he's like, I'm a truthful liar. You know, you know that I'm a schemer and a liar. That's who I am. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so that that actually looks like it's going to have some grit behind it. But I remember a couple years ago them playing four or five games. Um, you so know, I'm watching <laughs> that over Swamp Kings. Listen, you're going to have to make that decision. Maybe if Notre Dame loses to Navy, oh, come uh, on, maybe, now. don't put that maybe, on me. Maybe you sit down and you watch four hours in a row. You binge. You're sad and everything else. It but is I don't reaching know. that point of Notre Dame fandom for me right now, where now like that thought is in my head. Oh, no, they're going to win. Stop I'm so it. excited that the season is here. I can't wait. I'm optimistic, and then I'm like, oh my god, if they lose, they're not going to lose this one, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who they got next? They're running the table, Who's, Kev. Oh yeah, they're eleven they're and one. You're not one of those fans, but they're going to go eleven and one. I'm kidding. Oh, Tennessee State up next. Win Central Michigan. Tennessee win. State coach Ohio State. Jordan, that's a way. route. They're going to really? win that one. Um, Duke. Ben route. has emailed me, guys. Got an email from Ben. Okay. Okay, Ben. Let's go. Hey, Kev. Not, not a lot of people call me Kev. So uh, Ben, certainly, I appreciate him feeling comfortable. Yeah. 
Apologies for the drop call. Of course I hit a dead spot. Got back just in time to catch the end and an appropriate amount of mocking. Really enjoy the show and look forward to hearing updates about teams I would have beaten. Well, there you go. Yeah. Thanks again for the quality education and entertainment. Thanks, Ben. Should we extend an olive branch to Ben to be in the league? That would leave one spot left. I, I don't have a problem with that, especially since we're allowing Cliff in, who went with Jacksonville, the Jacksonville Jaguars drafting Cornelius Bennett. You know what? I, I think we do. I know Mark probably doesn't agree with that. I am forwarding this to Mark Dykton. I'm telling Ben to give his information to Mark. Ben, you are in the league. You are showing mercy on this Friday. you got to end the week on a positive note. Yes, you are. Uh, any weekend plans for yourself, Andy? I assume heading back home? Yeah, i got to head back home and actually see my wife, who is pregnant, who is very pregnant. i got to pack boxes, watch football on Saturday like every other man around here, and that's about all I'm going to be doing. So I'm going to be watching your team. I'll be watching a little Notre Dame. You know, I'm going to have Notre Dame twenty and a half because I don't because I, I don't want the hook to go up uh, and have to pay money on that. So that's probably what I'm doing. So uh, nothing. Thirty eight thirteen Irish. Uh, thirty three thirteen. That Mark, would well, that would only be twenty, wouldn't Mark, it? You like Navy Ooh. to cover? It sounds Ooh. like. Uh, I will say twenty four seventeen. Ooh, you're saying twenty four seventeen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's week zero. Get the there jitters out. There we go. That's what, I, that's what I'm talking about. KB doesn't like that one. I can tell he's looking down. He doesn't like that one. We got a six-pack on the line here, Friday night football. You got to take it one day at a time. Everybody, thanks for tuning in to the new Wake Up Call, KB and Andy. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll talk to you Monday.